0: This uh, is the Troll
1: uh, Patrol.
0: Why? With Justin
1: Freaking.
0: I just took rape out.
1: I just took rape out. I'm on now. It just it's just I noticed that the title was wrong and I was like, what happened? It was because it was because I had Trump rape accuser in the title. Apparently Twitch did not like rape in the title. What is up? Welcome to the Troll Patrol lies i i came on as you were talking to me there do you want to see the picture of him we were talking about it earlier what do you how do you think he looks agreed agreed he's kind of cute isn't he that is the oh you wouldn't say he was cute katara that was his drag name <laughs> of course of course i'm talking about the one and only Congressman George Santos. Fresh goes better. Mentos freshness. What up with that news indeed? I was... I was... uh, I had just packed a bong and Curiouser had just walked in the house. So you want some green hit? I got something going on with uh, Discord over here. You guys should have a... Yeah, Discord messages aren't loading. Something's going on. Something's going on. So I've got new emotes for you guys coming. A What That News Be Doing emote is on the way. Just Twitch has not approved it. There are new emotes tonight, though, if you want to check out the new emotes. I'm (laughs) going to go see if my other ones got approved. I'm very excited for the new emotes. I've uploaded, like... Forty new ones. Most of them need to be approved. Yeah, you've got Spliff Cat and TPUSA and Just In Time now. Yes, the tiny bids one. Troll Mark. Troll Marks has been up a couple of days now. I really like Troll Marks, but for for today, new for for today, the the TPUSA. <laughs> We're just in time. The spliff cat. Okay, so the spliff cat was my Facebook profile picture for the longest time. It's not smoky. It kind of looks like smoky, but it's not smoky. Also, I didn't do it. I did not Photoshop the uh, joint into the cat's mouth. I don't know who did, but I enjoy it. Thank you. Oh, yeah. What'd that news be doing? We got news to talk about. First thing I'm going to say is that at the very end of the show, like, I'm going to save it for the end because this is just complete indulgence on my part. It has no news value whatsoever. I'm going to make sure you guys get a, a comprehensive news rundown before we do it, before we do brain rot, basically. Justin's favorite form of brain rot business drama on the right wing side. We watched the clip of Steven Crowder bitching about what I assumed was a multi-million dollar contract. I I was was figuring two, three million a year would have been what uh, Steven Crowder was negotiating. Apparently, we now know that the company was The Daily Wire. It was Ben Shapiro's outfit. Jeremy Boring, the CEO, has put out an hour-long fucking video. And apparently, Stephen Crowder's contract was worth fifty million dollars over four years. What is that? Twelve million a year? Twelve point five? That's like more than like I want to say Stephen Colbert makes. I want to say Stephen Colbert is in the seven eight million a year. I might be wrong on that. That's insane money. It's a a lot of professional sports ball players. I believe that Roman Reigns is on like a four or five million dollar a year contract. The tribal chief isn't making that kind of money. Now, I would say Roman probably makes 10 or 11 with with merchandise and everything, but I'd say his contract is probably for four or five mil a year. That's just outlandish. And Steven Crowder had the audacity to complain about the terms of that contract and say that it was unfair. Buddy, for $50 million, they have bought and sold you. They can do whatever they want with you, man. I pay me 50 million. I'll, I'll probably say whatever you want me to say. There's no alert on Discord Warlord because apparently Discord's broke. I'm looking at my Discord right now and it says everything's failed to load. I it, it might just be localized to the US then. Apparently Twitch was down earlier in the UK, didn't you say? It's, David Crosby dying apparently brought your Twitch back to life. Did you know David Crosby died? I think I heard he was an asshole, though, so is that good? Oh, okay. Lenny, good evening. Was David Crosby an asshole? Does anybody know? It must be a US thing, then, Warlord, because mine, mine is completely down right now. I saw you, you messaged me. I saw I have... Oh, is... Do we have video? Yeah, I don't think we have video, though. This is just a press release. I was able to find out that it is indeed uh, Judicial Watch where Trump is giving a speech, but I don't know that we have video. I looked to see if right-side broadcasting was going to be going on. Uh, I looked to see if Trump's personal rumble and bit shoot were on and no. so if you if you can find a feed for the Judicial Watch Trump speech, we'll totally cut to that. In terms of Trump news, uh, I got a couple different stories for you here on Trump news. One of them was that he apparently was shown a picture of his rape accuser E. Jean Carroll during a deposition back in November, and thought she was his wife, Marla Maples. So, remember now, his defense was that uh, E. Jean Carroll wasn't his type. And he, he couldn't possibly rape her because she she wasn't uh, pretty enough for him. So, um... In a deposition, he confused her with his ex-wife. Tiffany's mom. Tiffany's mom. Apparently, Trump is losing evangelicals. He went on with CBN to talk about it. George Santos uh, was a, was apparently known as the Great Katara as a drag queen. That's I I would like to go one day without talking about this motherfucker. Unfortunately, he just outlandish things just keep coming out. Uh, I've now heard that he went by a different name than the Anthony DeVolder or the George Santos. Oh, yeah. Some some Jewish name. He, he said he was some Jewish name because it was easier to scam Jewish people. This was uh, as he was running a charity to help puppies, but apparently it was a scam and he never actually helped puppies. Yes, try not to talk about George Santos for a single day, but like I had to show the drag queen pictures, right? Because what you like? How long have we been hearing right wingers talk about how drag queens are predators? How children were were? It, are you allowed to spank someone today, Lady B? Um, I guess if somebody uh, comes in and they're in need of a spanking then, uh, you can let them have it. Uh, I would, I would encourage if you are a spank E that you need to, uh...
2: Life is too short to walk this earth or a crusty asshole. Wash your ass! Yes,
1: yeah, so that's George Santos in drag. Now he's he's apparently denying it. Clinically, good evening. Cicero, uh, Simp. Who else have I not said hey to? A lot of y'all snuck in here. While I was... Farquaad, good evening. Lenny, my friend. Always a pleasure to see you. Porg. I think I left Porg out. Love all of you. I... Do you mean that the drag queen got the eyebrows spot on? I think it looks like him. That is definitely the same. Facial features. Just the same lips. The same nose. It, I'm not good. At. At pegging people. Like i like. I. I think I know who somebody is. And then I'm like I call people the wrong name and shit all the time. But. I think that looks like him. Guy Comet. And Nochu. And you So glad to see you guys. I thought he looked better as a drag queen. I, the same thing with uh, uh, Madison Cawthorn. He looked a lot better at cross dressing than he did when he was like eating that deer heart or whatever the fuck he did (sighs) what even is life this shit's too weird here's your meme of the day we are now joined by a chief science expert some guy making a video in his car And they are driving, they're not just, they're not stopped. They're driving while they're making the video. What else are we talking about tonight? We're going to talk about some strikes. I'm going to show you that France knows how to fucking strike. They know how to protest. The Southwest Pilots Union is calling for a strike after the fiasco that has been going on uh, over the uh, holiday break. The Supreme Court, in their investigation, was unable to identify the source of the leak of the opinion that struck down Roe v. Wade. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a story about a Russian spy ship off the coast of Hawaii. The Prime Minister of New Zealand has resigned. Apparently, it's kind of shocking. Don't really know what's going on in New Zealand politics. So very interested to hear the story. I have video of her announcement. We've got uh, updates on a couple of uh, cop stories. Judges ruled that there are going to be separate trials for the killers of Elijah McClain in Colorado. Take you to Lakeland, Florida, where officers have been suspended after what they're calling a violent arrest. The NYPD uh, police union chief has admitted to hundreds of thousands of dollars of theft. Protests are erupting in Atlanta over the killing. A young black man, which happened near what is being called Cop City. I did not know what Cop City was. Uh, Apparently, there is a whole fiasco over the construction of Cop City. We're going to find out what Cop City is. And Fox is already saying that anarchy is coming to Atlanta. Illinois man was arrested in St. Louis. After he shot someone who was trying to steal his car. Charges are going to be brought against Alec Baldwin. For his shooting on the set of a movie. And of course at the end of the show. We're going to talk about the Steven Crowder contract fiasco. The Daily Wire. Has responded to Steven Crowder's video that we watched. Tuesday night I think it was where he bitched about the terms of his multi-million dollar contract where they said if he got demonetized on any of the social media platforms that they would dock his pay which kind of makes sense if you are costing them money by not playing by the rules of YouTube why wouldn't they dock your pay? They they are going to have to hustle to see a return on a $50 million investment. I still can't believe that. That's what we'd be talking about tonight on the Troll Patrol Live. But I guess starting off uh, the night with the top story... We have officially hit the debt limit. We knew it was coming and it has happened.
3: It can no longer legally borrow to pay the debts Congress has already incurred and is asking lawmakers to raise the debt ceiling. Secretary Janet Yellen sent Congress a letter explaining some of the extraordinary measures the department is taking to prevent the U.S. from defaulting on debt. Including shifting money between accounts and putting a temporary hold on some federal employee retirement payments and health funds for retired postal workers. That gives Congress until June 5th to raise the ceiling.
4: Why wouldn't we sit down now?
1: So they're going to fuck workers set over budget, in order to give them to June 5th. To get us to a balanced budget.
3: House Republicans, especially those who demanded concessions to elect Kevin McCarthy Speaker, say they want spending cuts before they'll agree to raise the debt limit. Democrats say some things are non-negotiable.
5: There can be spending cuts, Uh, let's talk about them, but never on Social Security,
1: Medicare.
3: Even the back and forth.
1: Medicaid, can you throw that one in too? Can you not fuck poor people over?
3: Just go back to 2011, the last time we had a big impasse. The stock market went down by 14% over four weeks. The bond market went berserk and borrowing costs increased. We were looking at job losses and it did take time to recover. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger says the battle over the debt ceiling could push the economy into recession. We're already slowing down. They may be hoping for that. ...pandemic recovery. Right. This is not the moment to have a fight like this. House Speaker McCarthy and President Biden have yet to discuss their differences on raising the debt limit. Nicole Antonio CBS.
1: They've yet to discuss their differences on something that happened Today, today we have already hit the debt limit. Holy shit! Apparently, Marjorie Taylor Greene was mocked for uh, her response on a bill to raise the debt limit. I'm going to I'm going to go easy on her on this one because uh, this this is just uh, getting pedantic on what she said. Sorry, I thought I was already playing it.
6: To make it to Joe Biden's desk to be signed. And we want to make sure that we have things in there that we have to have. I, for right. one, will not sign a clean uh, bill raising the debt the debt limit.
1: Yeah, she just misspoke. I misspeak all the time. When you're constantly speaking in public, you're going to flub up some things. Apparently people are mocking her for that because she doesn't see Sign a bill, but she did say in the clip, send it to President Biden to be signed. She does somewhat know how the process works.
6: We're going to send something to the Senate um, to make it to Joe Biden's desk to be signed, and we want to make sure that we have. She may
1: have mean, I'm that not going to, to sign on.
6: Will not sign a clean uh, bill raising the debt, the debt limit. We're going to send something to the so Senate. So
1: making fun of her just for make fucking it. that up isn't. Um... That's not a W. Any social media users retweeting or replying to the post pointed out the Green had no authority to sign a bill. This honestly has no business being a Newsweek article. I was I was just going to point out the absurdity. Not actually dunk on MTG. I'll give her I'll give her a pass on this one. She's dumb, but not for that she probably just meant that she was going to sign on, that you couldn't get her to sign on to raising the debt limit. Let me show you how I wish people in the U.S. would react to politicians acting like this. France strikes one million protest against Macron's rise in retirement age. <laughs> I like how you uh, shut a city down. I wish there was more of that in the U.S. More than a million people have joined a day of protests and strikes according to France's Interior Ministry against plans to push back the age of retirement from 62 to 64. It's 67 in the U.S. President Emmanuel Macron called the reforms just and responsible, but they are facing a make-or-break moment. The strike severely disrupted public transport and many schools were closed. Protests took place across France. Uh, I'm going to fuck up the names of these cities. Uh, Surfer McGritty, good evening. Protests took place across France in Nantes, Lyon, uh, Badrou, uh, Marseille and uh, to Louis, I totally fucked that up. And I took, I took a couple years of French. Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. David Crosby. <laughs> I was, I was under the impression he was an asshole. I do have a little piece about him here in a little bit. The head of the big G or a CGT union. Uh, Felipe Martinez put the total number of protesters at beyond two million, higher than the government's 1.12 million figure. They said 400,000 people had joined the biggest march uh, from Pla- uh, Place de la Republique in Paris. I totally fucked that up. Boyed by their success, the unions called another day of action or called for another day of action. On the thirty first of January. You wanna see more video? More footage of the protests in France. You have a uh a troletov, uh emote now if you are subbed. little bit more uh, it's a little more violent than the footage we watched earlier the police in France get a little heavy-handed as well it's like the police in the UK you'll rapey Found that out earlier this week. Got a whole thread. Oh, that'll give me some copyright. How will you know there was a protest if we don't light it on fire? So I really wanted to show the extent of what is going on, I didn't want to gloss over it. So you know, I found a whole thread of uh, videos of the protest. It Looks like the same square we saw earlier. like these more organic videos, of what it looks like on the ground. This is what direct action is going on. (laughs) Battle of possum. Uh, France, uh, the French government is wanting to raise the retirement age from 62 to 64. And people are going nuts. Supposedly I'm getting exposed
7: on TikTok. Oh
8: wait.
1: Wait, did I click on an Andrew Tate video somehow? Can't have that. This is police getting violent against the
8: protests.
1: <laughs> they're fighting back against the police.
8: You hate to see
1: it. The retirement age in the U.S. is sixty-seven. We're getting the raw. We're getting the raw end of the deal, I do believe. Ooh, the police struck back. Devil, good evening. I was loving watching them uh, assault the police, but uh, then the police (laughs) assaulted back. I shouldn't be laughing about that. That's horrible. I think the French are winning but like the cops like they're getting their shots in watch here. They tried to make an example of that one. Birkin. I don't know who this we is because I try to take every opportunity that I can to point out that Reagan is probably the number one cause. The, the Reagan revolution and that political thought process that spawned from it, totally the number one cause for all the problems that we're, we're having right now. You know what? I need a. We need a fuck Reagan emote. That's that's something that needs to be done. Are these doctors showing solidarity? That was a few days ago, though.
8: Sortons vite, dans le temps. Sortons vite, de Le Sortons vite, Sortons vite,
1: de Fuck yeah. Brexit. I love the John Hinckley Jr. <laughs> Got out of got out of lockup and is like beloved now. <laughs> I was following him on my old old Twitter when they took away from me. These are farmers in France from yesterday. They show solidarity. Yeah, he keeps getting booked and then they keep canceling his venue. It's really sad. Cause he is indeed beloved. (laughs) Like it must be weird getting out of prison like, oh wow. Oh, they put some really dramatic music under this. I'm not encouraging protest. I would never do that. the most part, I'm pretty pacifist. Sorry, I probably should have been reading the translation for people with the audio version. Forgive me, I was high.
7: Surprise!
1: When refiners stop working, there is no more fuel. Because when railway workers stop working, there are no more trains. Crohn's government says without a reform the pension system could fall into deficit
6: <inaudible> it is a
1: reform that <inaudible> has been presented in a democratic way that has been validated <inaudible> and that is a reform that is fair and responsible crohn's last attempt at pension reform was in 2019 and it was aborted last year then it prompted uh, the longest strike on the Paris transport network
9: in three decades the losers are the middle class and the lower middle class, especially the ones who have started relatively early, who have a full career and still will have to work more, or those who have not the possibility to have a full career because they had interruption and they also are not in employment anymore after the age of 55, 58, and still have to wait longer for the pension to be paid. It fucks the
1: workers. It's always fucking the workers. Come back to workers here in the US. The Southwest Union uh, for uh, Pilots is calling for a strike after the chaos of the holiday season. News this
10: afternoon now, the Southwest Pilots Union is calling a vote that yeah, will said give that better it the power me. to go on strike at the height of summer travel. That is leverage. The union planning to vote on May 1st on that. An authorization to strike could come by Memorial Day. These contract talks, as you know, the latest challenge for Southwest, which is still recovering from that meltdown over the holidays. That left thousands of pieces of luggage piled up at airports across the country and just as many travelers with nowhere to go. The pilots have been negotiating a new contract with Southwest for more than three years. This could be a big escalation of that.
1: You love to see it. I'm into it. Let's go down to New Zealand. Apparently, this was a bit of a shocker. OMG, good evening. Jacinda Ardenan resigns as New Zealand's Prime Minister. We have a clip of her making her Today, I'm
7: announcing that I will not be seeking re-election. And that my term as Prime Minister will conclude no later than the 7th of February. This has been the most fulfilling five and a half years of my life, but has also had its challenges. But I am not leaving because it was hard. Had that been the case, I probably would have departed two months into the job. I am leaving because with such a privileged role comes responsibility. The responsibility to know when you are the right person to lead and also when you are not. I know what this job takes.
1: Can somebody play this speech for Joe Biden? Come on, man. Maybe you were the right person for that moment in 2020. I'll give you the benefit of a doubt. I don't know what things would have been like had had Bernie been elected. How, how bad the vitriol and the, the rhetoric might've escalated. Maybe it wouldn't have, maybe maybe we would've, I think Bernie might've been more effective as the budget committee chairman. I've said that post election because that was his position in the Senate. I, I, perhaps he, he was able to get more done than if he had been president because he would've faced so many obstacles so much red baiting, but we will never, we will never know. However, Joe Biden, you are not the person for the moment in 2024. Apparently there is an increasingly gloomy mood. Inflation in New Zealand is above 7% between 2020 and 2021. House prices rocketed by 25% leaving New Zealand with some of the most expensive homes in the English-speaking world. Whoever succeeds Miss Arden uh, will have an awful lot to do ahead of a general election, which is due to take place on October 14th. The most obvious replacement, Grant Robertson, the Deputy Prime Minister, has already ruled himself out. Continue uh the continue <laughs> continuity. The continuity can't <laughs> high enough for this shit. Would therefore be Chris Hipkins, a forty-four-year-old who oversaw New Zealand's pandemic response. This is being argued by Nell Jones, Miss Arden's former chief of staff. Choice could be made as soon as January 22nd, when a vote will be held among the party's caucus in Parliament. If two-thirds of them agree on a new leader, that person will immediately replace Ms. Arden as Prime Minister. If they do not, Labour's members will also get a vote. Do not expect the kind of mania that accompanied Ms. Arden's rise. She pulled her party out of the doldrums in 2017 and catapulted it to victory amid a bout of Jacinda-mania. running wild, brother. Her successor might be lucky to just limp back into office. Interesting. New Zealand also facing discontent. I think this is a feeling that's going on throughout the world. All right, so let's go to Hawaii. <laughs> apparently there's a Russian spy ship off the coast I'm <laughs> I don't know why this is funny to me but let's hear what CNN the Coast
6: Guard is tracking a suspected Russian spy ship that has been spotted in international waters off the coast of Hawaii this okay. tensions between Washington and Moscow over Russia's war in Ukraine are ever-present CNN's Orrin Lieberman is live at the Pentagon. Oren, what is the Pentagon saying this morning about it's this really ship?
0: really
1: so serious.
6: Close, uh, given it's off the coast of Hawaii.
0: Caitlin, it's the Coast Guard that's been tracking this ship for the course of the past several weeks. And as you point out, what's interesting here is the timing. All the tension between the U.S. and Russia, between Washington and Moscow. The Coast Guard says they've been tracking this ship for several weeks now and believe that it is a Russian intelligence gathering ship. In plain language, a spy ship that's been hanging out in international waters off the coast of Hawaii. Coast Guard has been monitoring this with the help of the Defense Department. It's not illegal or in any way uncommon. For he's, good, he's good though, he's good. He's a good broadcaster. Other ships and other aircraft to be in international waters or international airspace, gathering intelligence, essentially picking up what they can. As yes, he is supposed to be waters. serious. It's the timing here that makes this interesting. And according to the Coast Guard, the length of the time they've been watching this right off the coast of Hawaii, Caitlin.
6: And so, how long is that? You know, if it is common for something like this to happen, but have we ever seen it get this close?
1: He feels like a Bill Hader character. Like this is like Bill Hader with some prosthetics on and shit, playing, playing some some Pentagon reporter.
6: For especially in the last you know year and a half, when we've seen these tensions at an all time high between. What the
1: fuck were we even talking about?
0: Perhaps not in the last year and a half, but we have seen Russia acting like this in the past. For example, just a couple of years ago, there was a Russian spy ship off the east coast of the U.S. Evening, off Florida. What made that one different is, again, operating in international waters, but DOD called it out on operating in an unsafe manner, meaning operating without running lights and not responding to commercial vessels. You mean vessels. Russia? So OMG? Incidents and perhaps are even raised at the diplomatic level. Another example on the flip side, just a few weeks ago, we saw a US reconnaissance aircraft intercepted by a Chinese aircraft in international the
1: airspace. Is this or still easier. a thing?
0: What made that different is uh, the US accused China of acting in an unsafe manner and getting cl- cl- too close to the US aircraft. That's when these rise above simple interactions and become incidents that can have consequences and are raised at Oh,
1: okay, okay. So it's from it's from that time period. Okay. Russia's only Aircraft Carrier. That's not a bad looking aircraft carrier. But you could do worse I think. Oh, shit, like, does it fuck up? This is the Kuznetsov. Uh, Originally commissioned in the Soviet Navy and was intended to be the lead ship of the two-ship Admiral Kuznetsov class. However, its sister ship was still incomplete when the Soviet Union disbanded in 1991. The ship has been out of service and in dry dock for repairs since 2018. The repair process has been hampered by accidents, embezzlement of funds and other setbacks. In December of 2019, a major fire killed at least one worker in Incherton. I'm sorry, I'm laughing. Kuznetsov. Thank you, devil. God damn. I love learning shit. And another mishap. uh, The ship was transferred to a dry dock. At the 35th ship repair plant. Where it remains. I thought I had another story. But I already read that one. Yeah, good evening. We were we were learning about Russia's only aircraft carrier because like apparently they've got a a spy ship off the off the coast of Hawaii they've been tracking. I'm still I'm kind of laughing at the whole situation. One aircraft carrier, the spy ship, it's all kinda of, This is just wild to me. It's a it's a wild bit of bit of war and propaganda and shit. I can't believe I'm living through this. None of this makes any sense to me. Remember back when uh, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, but we found out about it for like like a month and a half before. Maybe two or three months. I don't even remember. It's all kind of a blur to me. Smash, good evening. So glad to see you. Um, The Coast Guard was tracking a spy ship off of the coast of Hawaii. The Supreme Court has been tracking a spy inside of their ranks since the leaking of the opinion that overturned Roe v. Wade. The report came out today
0: was a political earthquake last May when the draft Supreme Court
11: opinion overturning Roe v. Wade was leaked almost two months before the ruling was actually handed down. Chief Justice John Roberts launched an investigation. And
0: today, as John Yang reports, the court issued its report.
11: Jeff, the
12: investigation has not been able to identify the leaker. No one confessed and none of the available evidence points to a culprit. The investigation, which was reviewed by former Homeland Security Secretary Michael Schurtoff, did identify weaknesses in the way the court handles sensitive documents. Marsha Coyle is the news. I owner. absolutely Supreme believe it, it was one of the conservative America. justices' I offices. did the Supreme Court go about investigating this?
13: Well, as you recall, John, the investigation was assigned to the court's marshal. Uh, she is a former national security lawyer for the Army and pretty much uh, is an administrator now in which she manages uh, the courts uh, security. The marshal undertook the investigation and uh, there were interviews of,
1: uh, yeah, we've uh, never had no, we've never had any concrete proof. Just a lot of speculation
13: actually had access to electronic or hard copies of the draft opinion. Uh, these employees were not only interviewed, but they were asked to uh, agree to sworn affidavits about the statements they made to investigators. And as you said, uh, at the at the end, they could not show by a preponderance of evidence that any one person was responsible for the leak.
12: And the report said that the pandemic may have actually played a role in this. And in the that was kind
13: of interesting, John, uh, the court said the pandemic, pandemic, and the expansion of the ability to work from home, uh, along with the gaps in the court's own security measures, really increased the risk of uh, an inadvertent or how
12: convenient
13: uh, uh, disclosure of the draft report.
12: The the report also said that the uh, they had some broad recommendations about improving the way uh, the the court handles. Uh, secure documents or documents that shouldn't be leaked uh, and they said a lot of the policies uh, are outdated should that surprise people that in the 21st century the Supreme Court uh, uh, has outdated policies on handling does it surprise
1: documents?
13: me I'm sure it would surprise many who aren't really familiar with the court itself but it doesn't surprise those who follow the court uh, the court as an institution is very slow to change And I think that is largely the reason why. I mean, we're still hearing arguments over whether there should be cameras in the courtroom. And it was only because of the pandemic that the court began to live stream audio of arguments. So uh, again, it's an institution that uh, changes incrementally. And so no, I I don't think those who know the court would be that surprised.
12: You know the court very well. You've um, uh, watched the court and these justices Uh, the one thing the report did not talk about even Kagan and Sotomayor they are all on the operations of the court of the the dealings between the justices are you seeing any long term effects uh, of that in in the way the court the justices operate and deal with each other
13: in terms of the leak I think that uh, it's hard to say that I see anything visibly I mean we know that Last summer, some of the justices made comments about the impact of the leak. Justice Thomas, for example, said it was the sort of thing that makes you always want to look over your shoulder. Uh, Good. Alito talked about how it it led to threats on justices' lives. I I think overall that it definitely affected the interpersonal relationships.
1: I'm not endorsing that, but I don't think they should be able to uh, uh, live in comfort.
13: And their clerks. But even the people who work there, especially uh, after being investigated for this and that, I, I think it's unfortunate, John, that the court that the investigation did not find someone uh, to uh, hold responsible for this, because it it continues a shadow over the court. There were uh, a number of people who believed first that uh, we might never hear about the results, that the court would never do what it did today, which was issue a report. And they should get credit for doing that. Uh, But also people, uh, you know, felt that, uh, you know, that it might have been somebody, it might have been a justice or the spouse of a justice who did this. And without holding someone responsible, uh, that suspicion is is going to continue. And I think as well.
1: There's a lot of speculation there. Can I go ahead and speculate that she is talking about Jenny Thomas?
13: It will continue to affect the interpersonal relationships, perhaps not as much as they were affected last uh, term uh, when things were still so raw. Uh, the court gets its work done, and the justices. Some people log like it raw. Uh, but
1: I. You think, live in sexual uh, anarchy.
8: Can't help,
13: but uh, continue to cast a shadow over the institution at a time when there are many shadows over many institutions in our government and that's
12: unfortunate. NewsHour Supreme Court analyst Marcia Coyle. Thank, Thank you, you Marcia. That.
1: It was her pleasure indeed. Ribbed for her pleasure. No, I'm sorry. They like it raw. <laughs> we we'll talk about some drag queens? Ah. <sighs> So I'm getting ready to play a story for you that says that George Santos is responding to his latest allegations. I'm not sure if they are talking about the dog charity that he was, the scam dog charity that he was apparently running that could be that one. (laughs) It could be the allegations that He was a Brazilian drag queen named Katara. I'm pretty sure that's him in the picture. It is apparently his friend that has has gone public with this picture of... No, I don't think I want a beer. Thank you, though, Curiouser. I probably don't want, like, I like a, I like a, uh, I usually like a a fruity drink, uh, apple cider or something. She likes those uh, tart beers, like stouts and shit. Light one up, tip one back. Your thing, go for it. White zombies. Should I try a white zombie? It sounds kind of, uh. Fruity. I'm just, I'm, I'm so like, uh, drinking's all right. It's just not my buzz of choice. Uh, I like, I like it getting high. But anyway, this is uh, George Santos responding to the latest claims against him which i'm not sure if fits the puppy scam Santos is now responding
4: to multiple new allegations made multiple him.
1: okay and multiple
4: even further he's unfit to remain a member of congress
13: santo says the claims are false this says nassau county law Why
4: not congress both if
1: President's you like both go for his it his
13: resignation cv susanio yeah. maldonado brings us the details
14: The calls for Republican Congressman George Santos to resign aren't ending anytime soon, and it appears the scandals he's involved in aren't either. The media continues to make outrageous claims about my life while I'm working to deliver results. I will not be distracted nor phased by this.
10: He lies about every item on his resume, and every day
1: we say it can't get any worse. I'm here to say that this, it is not work. like, being a drag queen, totally cool, makes you cooler in my book, George Santos. It's just kind of the hypocrisy of the Republican Party, the fact that, like, you're denying that you were when I'm pretty sure that's you. I mean, I'm bad at being able to tell faces, but my God. Should I, like, I could go to Photoshop and lay his face. I'll do that during the break. I'll pull up Photoshop. If you're subscribed, I'll take the Photoshop and put over his face. If you're not subscribed, you'll see it when you come back.
11: This is the final straw.
14: Nassau County Legislator Josh Lafazan alongside a veteran living in Santos' 3rd Congressional District calling out the newly elected congressman following the news- It doesn't surprise me. A homeless veteran says Santos helped him raise $3,000 for his dying dog back in 2016 through Santos Pet Charity, exchanging these text messages with him. But the man says he never got the money and his dog died six months later.
9: That's bullshit. One of 435 people tasked with taking care of our veterans in this country. What he's done all along seems despicable. I'm not sure what straw will break the camel's back. But I, too, call for McCarthy to man up, stand up, speak up, and do something to expel. George SANTOS
14: Santos TWEETING TODAY IN PART, THE REPORTS THAT I WOULD LET A DOG DIE IS SHOCKING AND INSANE. MY WORK IN ANIMAL ADVOCACY WAS THE LABOR OF LOVE AND HARD WORK. THESE DISTRACTIONS WON'T STOP ME. THERE'S ALSO THIS FALSEHOOD ON HIS CAMPAIGN WEBSITE. SANTOS CLAIMED HIS MOTHER WAS IN THE WORLD TRADE CENTER ON 9-11. YET A SOURCE TOLD CBS NEWS HER IMMIGRATION DOCUMENTS SHOW SHE WAS IN BRAZIL AT THE TIME OF THE ATTACK. WOW. CONTINUED CALLS TO RESIGN. SANTOS HAS SECURED SEATS ON TWO congressional committees. And the backing of House Republican leadership.
9: Speaker McCarthy,
10: what more do you have to see out of George Santos before you say enough is enough?
14: And allegedly, it's
10: Santos time for a change. Not shown
14: his face at all here in his own district since taking on his new role. From Miniola Zenia Maldonado, CBS 2 News.
1: All right, if you are not subscribed on Twitch, you're gonna get their commercial breaks. We're just gonna bullshit while you're gone and when you come back we we, we, we find out what that news be doing. check it out we've got uh, we've got new emotes. you might have to refresh your browser though yeah Twitch approved a couple of them. God they're being so slow on everything. Dustin good evening pride troll content warning finally I have submitted content warning like five or six different times and it's been turned down every time it really pisses me off hey you got some new shit Telling me Macho Man's locked. Telling me I need to subscribe. Why would I, I? I need to subscribe to my own channel? What the fuck is up with you, Twitch? <laughs> That's wild. Should I pack another bong? Should I get curious or a little more high? Is she high enough for this shit? I'd, I'd, I'd swipe right on Grinder. Is that what you do on Grindr? I don't even know. I haven't been on there in so long. I don't fucking remember. Oh, I was planning on making like a TikTok of it. That's just... Too perfect. One, like, he's a member of the Republican Party, and the Republican Party has spent the better part of the last two-plus years calling trans people groomers. Attacking drag queen story hour and shit like that, so... Kind of hypocritical. And then the fact that he like he has lied about everything. He said his family fled the Holocaust, and that was a lie. Said his mom died from complications from 9-11. That was a lie. Said he went to uh, Baroque College. That was a lie. Said his name was George Santos, and apparently that's a lie. And his name was actually Anthony DeVolder. He ran a scam charity that raised money for dying dogs, and then ripped a dude off. So, like... Do you trust that guy in Congress? He said he was gay, but he was married to a woman. However, like, the gay part, like, other than, like, we've seen him look pretty unkempt. So, uh, I don't know so much that he's gay. Oh yeah, you're right, I don't trust any Republicans. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Yeah, everybody loves you when you're bi. The Republicans who elected him though are smoking crack.
12: Okay. I was on crack. Right.
1: Right. <laughs> well. no, apparently his ex says there's more we don't know about. I heard that his mom told his roommate or something that like, oh, that's that's just uh, Anthony. He tells his stories. That's how she she passed off his uh Untrustworthiness. Speaking of untrustworthiness, he, Trump is losing the evangelicals' trust, apparently. He had to go on with CBN. Trying to shore up that vote as he makes his next run for the presidency of the United States.
7: About your candidacy, at least as it stands now, some of these prominent evangelical leaders who backed you last time, they're not yet willing to commit like Robert Jeffress is not, some others. It seems like many of them are waiting to see how the field takes shape before backing anyone. What is your message to them?
5: Well, I don't really care. Look, uh, That's a a sign of disloyalty. There's great disloyalty in the world of politics, and that's a sign of disloyalty.
1: Well, we can say with 100% certainty that the Justin Friggin channel and the Echo Plugs Media channel has better audio than CBS.
5: Because nobody, as you know, and you would know better than anybody because you do such a great job, nobody has ever done more for right to life than Donald Trump. I put three Supreme Court justices who all voted... And they got something that they've been fighting for for 64 years or many, many years. And nobody thought they could win it. You know, they they won. Uh, Roe v. Wade, they won. They finally won. And you know, I was a little disappointed because uh, I thought they could have fought much harder during the election, during the 22 election. Because, you know, they won. And a lot of them uh, didn't fight or weren't really around to fight. And it did energize the Democrats. But a lot of the people that wanted and fought for years to get it, and they sort of, uh, I don't know, they weren't there protesting and doing what they could have done. But with all of that being said, there's nobody that's done more for the movement than I have, and that includes uh, the movement of evangelicals and Christians and the movement very much of Right to Life.
1: There you go, there's Trump trying to kiss some evangelical ass. He's trying to get back on Facebook and Instagram. 2024 is starting to heat up already. But We got a juicy little tidbit about Trump today. There is currently a defamation trial going on by his rape accuser, E. Gene Carroll. During a deposition that took place in November, Trump mistook E. Jean Carroll for his ex-wife, Marla Maples. Donald Trump mistook E. Jean Carroll, the writer who accuses him of rape, for his ex-wife, Marla Maples, during a deposition in the case last year. Excerpts released in U.S. District Court on Wednesday showed, That's Marla, yeah, Trump said when shown a photograph, That's my wife. The mistake was corrected by a lawyer for the 76-year-old former president, but observers say it could undermine Trump's claim that he could not have attacked Carol because she is not his type. Good evening, Tones. It was not the first release of excerpts from Trump's deposition, which happened in October. Do we actually have the audio? This just links to another article. Man, I would love the audio. Carol says Trump raped her in a department store changing room in the mid-1990s. Trump denies that Carol sued Trump for defamation and under the Adult Survivors Act a New York law, which allows alleged victims of historical sexual assault to bring cases within a defined time frame. Trump was married to Maples, the mother of his daughter Tiffany from 1993 to 1999, between marriages to Ivana and his first wife, uh, his first wife, and then Melania, his third wife. The photograph he thought showed Maples shows uh, Trump and Carol's company in the 1990s. In his deposition, Trump said it showed a receiving line in an event. In the extracts released last week, Trump said of Carol, she said that I did something to her that never took place. There was no anything. I know nothing about this nut job. He also accused Carol of alleging he raped her in order to promote a really crummy book. To Carol's lawyer, he said, I will sue her after this is over. And that's the thing I really look forward to doing. And I'll sue you too. Yeah, that sounds like Trump. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, there you go D- Dustin it sounds like uh, you my friend you live in sexual anarchy that's what I was thinking Solus. over over 20 that, that not his type Do you remember the January 6th rioter that had his feet up on a congressperson's desk? This dude right here. During his high profile trial for storming the Capitol on January 6th, Richard Big O Barnett. <laughs> <laughs> the man photographed with his feet on former House Speaker. Oh, it's on Pelosi's desk. I didn't remember that it was on Pelosi. I love that Curiouser pops in to show the door. Thank you. We still have not had an update on the door as far as I, I am aware. He was humiliated when prosecutors tricked him into bluffing his way through knowing the Bill of Rights. Barnett, a former window salesman from Gravette, Arkansas, was backed into a corner shortly after a line of questioning about whether he ever tells white lies. "'You love the Constitution,' asked the prosecutor. "'Love it,' Barnett said. "'First Amendment,' the prosecutor said. "'Yes,' said Barnett. "'Second Amendment,' the prosecutor said. "'Yes,' said Barnett. "'Love the Third Amendment,' the prosecutor said. "'Yes,' said Barnett. Barnett. What is the third amendment? <laughs> the prosecutor followed up. Big O paused and said, I don't know. Which tells me if a soldier came to his house and busted down the door and told him he needed to house him, this motherfucker would just let the, he would let the soldier in. He didn't know the Third Amendment. This one of the most important goddamn amendments. You get a you get a uh, seaman come stand on your porch and, and tell you you need to let him in, give him shelter for the night. You can kick that motherfucker out. No, your rights. Just... By the way, Barnett is facing eight counts, including felony obstruction. Uh, tones would like semen on his front porch
9: you live in sexual anarchy
1: I knew it I didn't have to read the article but like I've actually taken government classes and shit Uh, fuck cancer indeed Eight counts, including felony obstruction of an official proceeding and entering a restricted building with a dangerous weapon. Now I've got to hit the content warning because we're doing some heavy shit. Promise you, we'll get back to making fun of dumb fucks shortly. We gotta, we gotta do some cop stories. Oh, you know I like criminal justice around here. Oh God, we've got got a situation that may be popping off down in Atlanta. Evan Yeager, 1213, good evening. Thank you for being a freaking follower.
15: An Adams County judge ruled today that there will be three Kazakhstan trials for the five people who stand accused of killing Elijah McClain. McClain, of course, died after police stopped him while he was walking home in August of 2019. Elijah McClain had done nothing wrong. The police officers responded to a call for a suspicious person. One of the officers, Nathan Woodyard, placed McLean in a carotid hold. Later, two paramedics, Jeremy Cooper and Peter Kachiniak, administered ketamine, a powerful sedative to McLean. He lost consciousness and then died a few days later. Today, the judge in the case ordered one trial for Woodyard, the officer who applied the carotid hold, and another trial for the two other officers involved, Jason Rosenblatt and Randy Rodema, as well as now a third trial for those two paramedics. Uh, Justice requires that when defendants have antagonistic defenses that they- I feel like the paramedics
1: may have been coerced by the cops. Like it would be hard. Like if the cops are being forceful, I could see it being hard to say, no, the paramedics should have known better. The cl- the cops absolutely should be charged with murder. Absolutely, Dustin. Uh, the paramedics probably shouldn't, you know, maybe negligent homicide.
15: That is, that they'll be accusing one another that you got to have separate trials. Uh, fundamental fairness requires separate trials in situations where one defendant is essentially acting as a fellow prosecutor against the other defendant. Well, all five of those defendants are scheduled for arraignment tomorrow. They are each facing one count of manslaughter and one count of criminally negligent homicide. And four of the five have also been charged with second-degree assault.
1: is like a horse tranquilizer, isn't it? So they were doing some study at that hospital about, like, use of, like, the cops and injunction with the hospital were doing some kind of fucking study. So for some reason, the cops were, like, trying to use it in situations even when it like didn't need to be used just so they could like get the data in order to be able to use it as some kind of law enforcement tool as I understand it. And that poor fucking kid like did absolutely nothing fucking wrong and got treated like that. And apparently he, he like, he was, he was a sweet dude Play music in the band and everything. And the entire time he was apologizing to the cops. Like, please sir, I did nothing wrong. I don't know why you're doing this to me. I'm sorry. I respect you. <laughs> the whole fucking time. It is. It is one of the saddest stories of police abuse I've ever heard in my life. And believe me, I've heard some doozies. We're getting ready to see a couple. In Florida, officers have been accused of beating a Lakeland man during an arrest. Some of them have resigned. Apparently there are more victims possible coming
8: forward.
9: A month after Anton Glover was tased and punched in his back, on his chest and head, and this cell phone video was posted on social media. The Lakeland Police Department has reassigned three officers involved in the incident. Detective Dylan Corn, Officer Anton Jefferson, and Officer Jason McCain are now off the street, where they will have little or no contact with the public. They can also no longer do off-duty jobs. In a written statement, Lakeland's new police chief says this duty status change should not be interpreted as anything other than a modification in the officer's duty assignments. They're not even even suspended. ...calls it a step, a small one, in the right direction. We
0: are partially relieved that some accountability was taken by having these officers removed from the streets. Uh, But now
9: we are now demanding the arrest. (coughs) We are demanding the arrest. Yeah, that. Not for only the way they handle the Glover incident. The group is outraged with Jefferson and McCain for the force they claim they used to make a number of other arrests. Since the stories have aired, our phones are blowing up. And our inboxes are blowing up with people like this. Armani Evans says he was leaving a bar when Jefferson and McCain arrived. During his arrest, he says he was tased, beaten, and roughed up pretty badly.
16: Multiple lacerations and blows to the head, the face, had a tooth knocked out.
9: Timothy Davis Jr. was parked at a bus stop without a seatbelt on. Once again, Jefferson and McCain... I hope they pay for his his new teeth. ...trying to hide illegal drugs in his mouth. He says it quickly became physical. They just
1: started punching him, beating him. He was telling them they were shaking him, beating him. They finally the him out of the car.
9: So, I mean, the drugs, supposed BLM drugs. Says it begs the question again
0: How does a seatbelt violation turn into a brutal
9: assault? The answer, according to BLM,
0: it's brutality. Police
17: brutality.
1: No excuse for it. I do BLM believe. They just. Stop taking him, beating him. They finally drug him out the car. I saw a picture of Grady says, Judd. It begs the question again. How? I believe that's I who he uh, is holding up to. a
0: brutal assault.
1: The answer, according to BLM, I couldn't. I couldn't pause it, but I do believe that was Sheriff Grady Judd. We have watched him several times because he is a showboat. There's always a, a, a video of him every couple of days of. He's calling some criminal the dumbest criminal that ever lived. He'll take 20 minutes to announce some mundane charges he pressed against somebody. I wouldn't doubt that he has aspirations for a higher office. Go to New York City. The New York PD Police Chief Union, uh, the former union boss, has admitted to stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars.
15: Well, this is new tonight. A man who was once the head of a powerful police union. Tonight, Ed Mullins pleading guilty to federal charges. No relation. Chris was live in Lower Manhattan where Mullins just appeared in court. And Chris, what did we learn here?
4: Adam, in the last hour, Ed Mullins pleaded guilty to one count of wire fraud. This was a plea agreement, and he could be sentenced up to 20 years in prison at his next court hearing Aww, on the 25th. You guys. Today, Mullins, a former boss.
1: <laughs> Mullins, no. Aw. Okay, the clock started. Of NY... I'm not in a salty mood,
4: so hey. a federal court not so oh, sassy got me in the past. He never shied away from a camera and was always outspoken. Inside the courtroom, Mullins did speak, admitting to ceiling union
1: due to no, his rescind
4: it. lifestyle. Mullins told the judge between 2017 and 2021 he defrauded the union by using his personal credit card to buy meals at high-end restaurants and luxury personal items, including clothes and jewelry, and then submitted false and inflated expense reports. The U.S. Attorney said Mullins abused his position. There's a whole
1: overtime scandal, if you don't know, going on with the the New York Police Department, the NYPD, like uh, apparently they just like, they're all maxing out as much overtime as they can, uh, getting as many hours as they can, staying over when like, they'll they'll, uh, go and pick somebody up at the end of their shift just so they've got, you know, two or three hours of overtime, of paperwork afterwards. It's real easy for him to go like just to make up some BS charge to take somebody back to the poli- to the police precinct, and then they're all driving uh,
4: sports cars and stuff. Position of trust and power to steal hundreds of thousands of dollars from the SBA. Mullins' attorney is hopeful the judge won't give the max twenty-year prison sentence.
0: I think Mr. Uh, Mullins took a big step today towards uh, uh, righting his wrongs, and uh, you know we're confident that in the end, and we're hopeful that in the end, uh, you know he'll be judged not uh, merely in the context of this case, but uh, in the context of his entire law enforcement career. No,
1: he's probably doing some underhanded stuff. His entire law enforcement career.
4: Deal this afternoon, Mullins gave up his right to an appeal and the possibility of parole. Again, he's due back in court. On May 25th in Lower Manhattan, Chris Jose, he's for New York. Chris, thank
1: you. The head of the police union in New York City stole $600,000. Now we're going to go to Atlanta, where I do believe we're going to need a content warning again. This is one of those that may pop off. Fox News was talking about it this morning. So, they're saying anarchy is coming to Atlanta. We're going to talk about a cop shooting near what is called Cop City. You may ask yourself, Cop City, that sounds horrible. Yeah, it does sound horrible. And we're going to talk about this here in a little bit.
13: The GBI has just identified the suspect who allegedly shot a state trooper. 26-year-old Manuel Tehran was killed yesterday during an incident near the future site of an Atlanta police training center. This picture was provided by a group of the protesters. Meanwhile, that trooper is still in the hospital tonight.
2: And the GBI has now confirmed there are seven people facing domestic terrorism charges connected to that law enforcement operation to clear out a protest encampment. 11 Alive's Tracy Amig-Pierre picks up our continued coverage from Grady Hospital. So Tracy, what's the latest on the trooper's condition?
18: Well, tonight, the state trooper who was shot in the abdomen is still here at Grady in the ICU after a second surgery this afternoon. Meanwhile, law enforcement Metro-wide is on high alert after threats made on social media of retaliation.
13: In little recent
17: events, there have been threats against officer safety in the metro
18: Atlanta area. This is the message repeated on the city of Atlanta police. I ain't
1: sad about Officers. it, sorry.
18: One day after a state trooper was shot while on a clearing operation at the future site of the Atlanta Police Training Facility. Please
17: be alert and aware of your surroundings.
18: Putting law enforcement on high alert. Officers Wednesday were attempting to remove individuals that have been camped out on the property for months. GBI Director Mike Register says the property is hundreds of acres and securing the land while facing resistance is complicated.
17: And We're working with our local partners, Good. partners and other state partners to, uh, to, to fully investigate uh, the activities in the area there.
18: Seven people were arrested on the premises since yesterday. Another seven were arrested last
1: I'm sad I didn't know about this beforehand, so they are trying to construct a cop city training facility and people are camped out all over the uh,
18: uh, grounds as a form of protest. Last month, the so-called protesters, residents of eight different states from California to New York and four from Georgia, all charged with domestic terrorism. Most arrested yesterday also charged with aggravated assault against officers. Register says right now there could still be trespassers inside the property and there is definitely law enforcement on site.
17: The hope was is that they cleared out yesterday, but uh, I don't don't know if, if they still have activity out there because there is a law enforcement presence still there.
18: And when it comes to a plan for clearing out those trespassers and securing that site, Register says they are meeting on that to make a plan next week, and we should get that plan soon after.
2: All right, thanks a lot, Tracy, for the update. And folks, you've heard a lot about who wants to stop plan to build this massive training facility, but who supports it and who's going to pick up the tab?
13: Our investigative team is following the money tonight to get you answers. Faith Jesse.
16: Now, yes. Faith, What did you find out here? Well guys, according to property records, the city of Atlanta now owns the sprawling DeKalb County location, but taxpayers are only expected to foot about one third of the estimated $90 million price tag. That means the nonprofit Atlanta police- $90
1: million for cop city training facility, and they've already shot and killed somebody. Ain't even started construction on it yet, it seems.
16: Off to a good start. Lee's Foundation is working to raise millions for construction. So here's the question. Where do they get the funding? The organization says private sector companies fund its projects. And we looked at the tax filings, which show that be percent of the money comes from the It's board Mr. executives from nearly all of Atlanta's big name companies. Let's take a look at some of them. Waffle House, you see um, Equifax, Wells Fargo, the Home Depot, Delta, just to name.
1: That's that's who is uh, funding Fascist USA over here. (laughs) It sounds about right. Wells Fargo, Equifax. Waffle House? Waffle House is like headquartered in Georgia, I do believe. UPS is headquartered in Kentucky, I thought. I may be wrong about that. Coca-Cola is definitely headquartered in Atlanta. I thought UPS was Kentucky. They must have a hub and in, in, uh, Atlanta is the busiest airport in the South
16: a few it reads like a who's who of corporate atlanta right public tax records do lag behind so it's not yet clear exactly how much money is coming into the foundation from these companies for this project but here's what we can tell you we can tell you that in 2020 the organization had more than 24 million dollars in assets and liabilities so this is what we do know right now we're continuing to follow the money for you digging through the documents to find out just how much these major companies are contributing to this project all right. Faith, thank you so much. And you can read much more about the arrests
13: in this case, the future of the protest encampment at the site and the shooting investigation. Just look for this story on 11alive.com.
1: 11alive.com. I'll give them the plug. I wasn't trying to shut them off. Yeah. Yeah, Dustin, be mad. Quit wasting your investor money. I have pissed on a Wells Fargo before. It was a date I went on with a girl one time. We pissed on Wells Fargo. Uh, So Fox was talking about this story. So you know it's going to be fun. Uh, Do I have to give you a content warning because I'm playing the five two nights in a row? I apologize for that. Get ready for anarchy in Atlanta. It sounds like a blast to me.
10: Anarchy in Atlanta. Violent Antifa thugs are calling for a night of rage against law enforcement tomorrow. Good. Police shot and killed a man because he started shooting at a state trooper without warning. Police say it was in self-defense. Cops were raiding an autonomous zone that was set up to protest a proposed law enforcement training center. The sickening call for violence was posted on Twitter but taken down. It called for, quote, reciprocal violence to be done to the police and their allies. But Georgia cops
17: aren't backing down to the threats. Acts such as arson, physical attacks on members of our community. Arson. Focus intimidation of citizens. This is the same the fuck we heard from earlier. And setting booby traps that have the potential of causing great bodily harm. Man, this sounds based. Or could possibly maim. Are not acts of peaceful protest. They are criminal acts. That destabilize communities and endanger citizens.
1: they industrial you know, sabotage. Getting a lot of media coverage. Greg That's Duffel. what it is. a It's I'm a tactic. Thinking,
17: you know, how, all we hear about from the
19: Democrats and the media is this.
1: It like the plot of Home Alone, Lady B. But I, I guess it's pretty much the same thing. Yet, Antifa is just out there doing whatever they want. And if
19: you look at them, they're overwhelmingly white. They're misfits. They're miserable. And... Initially, the media had elevated them because they actually agreed with them because they had they were anti-fascist. Remember CNN? I wonder, you know, and you know, if anybody (laughs) else had been saying this, it'd be viewed as hate speech. It'd be seen as a threat to democracy. But I think that the way the media still looks at this stuff, they've learned nothing from George Floyd. That this is not the voice of the oppressed. These are people who want to destroy society, right? So I think that like this is, you would like to see this treated differently. The cops get more support. The media back off and say, you know what? Let's not bet on the wrong horse this time. That cost billions of dollars in damage, cost dozens of lives in the riots, and then thousands of lives with a with a crime mm-hmm. epidemic. Maybe we should sit this one out and support the cops. Yeah, it's a pretty
10: big statement to to call for mass violence against Eat Jesse Waters the too, allies, which well, is pretty much
1: everybody.
13: So anarchists have been camping out in this park in Atlanta for a long. This time. is the
1: same panel I mean, we, we had yesterday, wasn't it? Does. I thought this was rotating. I thought they had different the people.
16: Building.
13: Of a police training facility. Because training police is bad. They want less training. No, no,
1: no, no. We've got a a different liberal. liberal.
13: arrested Antifa Terrace, 22 years old. Son of a millionaire.
1: We had Harold Ford yesterday. uh, Sailed
13: on the yacht. Now he gets to live in the woods.
1: I don't remember her name. But they allow
13: these nuts to live in the woods for way too long. And think about what is happening all across the country with homelessness problems. Let this be a warning. Don't allow these nuts to live out in the woods like this. (laughs)
1: Wait, Do I don't think these people it, were homeless. I think they were... Everywhere. These people are... This, this is a choice. ...who's a foreign protest. A
13: rich kid. This
19: I want them to live in the woods. Away from me. <laughs>
10: well, yeah,
13: well, okay. Well, they're just not... they get
10: eaten by bears. <laughs> they're not just living in the woods camping. They're building tree houses and throwing Molotov yeah. cocktails at people, Judge. You know, I thought this was over after the summer of 2020. These CHAZ and these autonomous zones. And I kind of read this today, and I said, Oh, my gosh, it's back. So now we've got people who really believe that a night of rage is appropriate, self-defense, reciprocal violence. You know, that's anarchy. That is total anarchy. We either believe in law and order or we don't. And by the way, don't you need a permit of some type, you know, to go into these places? If I want to camp Anarchy out in
1: the woods or you have an RV
10: or you want to go camp out,
1: you got to have some kind
10: of a uh, permit, okay? Or else it's trespass. Get them the hell out of there and let them know who's running the place. Why hasn't Joe Biden condemned the Treehouse Antifa? That's an excellent was- question.
6: Joe Biden has a lot on his plate. Right, he just me. shot a <laughs> law enforcement I- I-
19: officer in the gut. It's mostly gelatin. <laughs>
6: Come on, Unkind man. And I don't think that much gelatin <laughs> Joe Biden has been very clear about violence he's actually Antifa, which is just like an unorganized <clears mass throat> of people who hate fascism and white supremacy and what an I, idea
19: I, well
6: no I think that what he said which was mirroring what uh Christopher Ray said they had a, the FBI that it yeah is,
1: we're mocking some Fox News
6: and people like to make me about matters. how
1: anarchy is coming.
6: It's not actually what it is. Are people in dis? You yeah,
1: the Chiron says anarchy in Atlanta. It's,
6: loose. it's very loose.
1: It's- uh, so it's like the Proud Boys.
6: <laughs> what? No, the Proud Boys is quite organized. Oh, there you go. Oh, Isn't cool. it? I, it? Comment.
19: I don't know. I'm just asking you.
6: What? You know <laughs> I don't even get how that's a trick <laughs> that you made me stumble into. I think that's just
19: true.
1: Um, I don't know what just happened. All
6: violence is bad. And wh- what stuck out to me about the story is obviously. The horror of this police officer being shot, but the disconnect eh. between what's going on on the, advo- the quote advocacy front and how people feel about it on the ground. The police are popular. They're especially popular in places with high minority populations I, what, that want there to be what, cops. And on
1: this the street, is their supposed liberal. The
6: and you are right. If you're trespassing, that should be the charge. I think it's in Louisville, right, where they. If someone has a tent out, they just arrest you,
1: and they just... Ma'am, ma'am, it is in Louisville where they have been uh, raping the people they are arresting, where they have shot numerous innocent people, where they haven't been able to solve murders. They they even had their own child rape scandal in the Louisville Police Department. It is one of the the most rotten police departments, but I keep saying that... I keep saying that every, every night we're like highlighting a new police department. I'm like, let me name all the things that this police department has done. It's one of the worst police departments in the US, but that's every police department. It's just a thing. It's just a thing that happens. Take you in
6: right away. And I think that they're going to have to start doing that in other that's places. Right.
10: Good. All right. I right. Didn't Joe Biden bail out Antifa? What? In the summer of 2020? No, Kamala no. did. Kamala and Joe? Kamala. Yeah. No, yeah, she said that,
6: that you that could donate. Why donate out? to the Minnesota Bail Fund.
10: Who do you think they were going to
6: protect? It's not anti. People
19: Why are you are- defending the Proud yeah. Boys?
6: Yeah. <laughs> do not do that.
4: I went on Brian Kilmeade. I want you to do me a favor. Oh, I want you to, click oh, to like I was not, to not to expecting to Brian
1: Kilmeade. was horrendous. we go to St. Louis where a man from Illinois shot a dude that was trying to steal his car. He is now facing murder charges, so let's check out what the story is. I guess I should have the content warning for this one.
9: St. Louis are reacting to the first homicide in the city this year. Police found a 24 year old man dead overnight in Soulard, but there's a twist to the case. New at 10, Travis comes live at police headquarters with what he's uncovering. Fill us in, Travis.
7: Hey, Brent, this afternoon, Alderman Jack Holder told us police informed him the 24 year old man who was killed was trying to steal a car from a gas station, the Conoco gas station on Gravoy Avenue. I talked to some folks at that very gas station today filling up who say it's not a good way to start out the year.
17: What was so the twist? This access to 44
0: right just what the dudes did. This main thoroughfare. You're getting stupidity from stupidity from all ends of the city.
7: That's the general consensus about this busy corner at the tip of Sulaw I like that dude. They find a,
0: a spot that's easy access opportunity.
7: Near this gas station on Gravoy Avenue is where St. Louis police say a 24-year-old man was shot and killed. The first homicide this year. Alderman Jack Coder over the 7th ward wasn't available for an interview, but he says St. Louis police told him the man was trying to steal a car from the gas station. We went inside the Conoco, surrounded with cameras, to get more info. Ooh. A clerk at the counter told us it wasn't an employee's car, but someone in the area. We also caught up with a few customers filling up.
0: they put more police on the street than they had at one time, I'm an ex-police officer. Okay, 25 years. Hey, that means you like too, five. brother. I ain't never seen nothing like this.
14: You know, I had my car stolen from the downtown area, one of the lofts actually. I left it running, which was my fault. I ran in and ran back right back out, and just that fast, my car was gone.
7: Residents say no matter the circumstance, keeping St. Louis safe is going yeah, to take they a They're trying to gentrify the yeah, area, everyone. too. Luxury apartments.
1: And someone lost
14: their life behind a crime. But as long as the police are keeping up with their protection and stuff like that, I feel like it would be a, a good thing for everybody to start to feel more comfortable.
1: Elder, and good and evening. What that news fine. be doing, more indeed. Life. More police presence. I don't want a victim blame though.
7: on this case for you. Now, you know, Mardi Gras just kicked off in Sulaw yesterday. A big celebratory time for that area. We checked in with the organizers of Mardi Gras who say they're going to have police support and hire officers through all of their celebrations coming up. We're live downtown tonight. Travis Cummings 5 on your side.
9: Very good to know, Travis. Thank you. Today we've learned. Did he just like step step closer
1: to the camera as he did that? As he said his name, that's a neat little trick there. That would, that would really imprint his name in the viewer's mind. Some good psychology. Uh, before we get to the main event. Been waiting on it all day. We're gonna, we're gonna find out about Alec Baldwin.
8: <laughs>
1: Charges will be pressed against Baldwin following the 2021 Rust movie shooting, which resulted in the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins, according to the New Mexico DA. Armor, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed will also be charged. Two counts of involuntary manslaughter. No charges in the non-fatal shooting of the director, which didn't even know happened. Sufficient evidence to go for it. I was hoping I didn't have to read that. I'm sorry. (laughs) Fuck you, independent. Get you a voiceover artist. I might do it. Independent wants to hire me. We can talk about contracts. I think I'm worth $50 million. If Steven Crowder is worth $50 million, I'm worth $50 million. Holy shit
15: legendary musician David Crosby has died. In his statement to Variety, his wife said the singer and songwriter passed away after a long illness. Musician Graham Nash also posted a tribute about his friend's passing. Crosby founded, listen to this, two popular, yeah, you've heard of them, and influential rock bands, The Birds and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. By the way, he was inducted twice into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with each of those great groups. David Crosby, a legend, 81 years old.
1: They didn't include Neil Young in it, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young for a little bit. I think they reunited a time or two. All right, so do you guys know about the LIV? We're gonna do a little sports. We're gonna do a little sports. I'm up on the commercial break. And then we're gonna we're gonna hear the Daily Wire's response to Steven Crowder. I really wanted to watch it earlier. And then I saw it was fifty minutes long. I'm like, oh, I gotta do that on stream. I can't do like I can't like waste 50 minutes of my time like that. It has to be productive. That's good reaction content. But I really wanted to know what their response was. but that's just that's a guilty pleasure on my part and if you want to tune out if you came for the news you want to find out what that news be doing you don't care about that you can you can tune out i won't be offended we'll watch the daily wire's response to stephen crowder this is the last real story story i've got liv's golf's patrick reed has threatened CNN's Jake Tapper and Bob Costas with a $450 million lawsuit. This is the golf league that is funded by the Saudis. The Saudis might also be purchasing WWE. Maybe one of the top contenders to purchase the WWE. Let's take a look at the video. Last week, uh, Costas joined Tapper on CNN. CNN to discuss the legal battle between LIV Golf and the PGA Tour. During the segment, Tapper apparently accused LIV Golf of being used by Saudi Arabia to sportswash their government's known human rights abuses. Seems like a perfectly fair critique. Saudi Arabia, known human rights abuser. Uh, Tapper also noted LIV Golf, which is backed by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, was able to attract some of the sport's top athletes with blood money. Also, also a fair assessment. Oh, it's CNN. Hold on. The NN don't work on that browser. Don't like my Google Chrome.
20: Whoa. Today, a golf legal feud that is about so much more than putting a ball in a hole. It's heating up. Tomorrow, a California judge will hold a hearing on whether the Saudi-backed Live golf organization
1: needs to cooperate. Was his intro to that, that golf is so much more than just putting a ball in a hole? No shit, Sherlock. That's the be- this is a multi-million dollar company this man is making multi-millions I mean fucking Discovery Time Warner is probably like a billion dollar company multi-billion dollar company fucking and that's the best you can come up with golf is so much more than putting a ball in a hole buddy buddy
20: In our sports league today, a golf legal feud that is about so much more than putting a ball in a hole. It's heating up. Tomorrow, a California judge will hold a hearing on whether the Saudi-backed LIV golf organization needs to cooperate in the legal fight they and their players picked with the PGA Tour. Saudi Arabia has been trying to use LIV to gain greater Western and worldwide acceptance despite Saudi Arabia's record of human rights abuses. And Liv and its Saudi
1: backers now find
20: themselves in a legal war that involves the Saudi government, 9-11 families, and many of the top names in golf. As you may recall, Live Golf was founded in 2021, backed by the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund, which is estimated to be worth more than $600 billion. Last year, Liv, with that money, snagged several top PGA players to come on board. I really don't like they this whole Saudi Phil thing. Nicholson and Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau and... Brooks Kepka. The Human Rights Challenge Saudis did this by offering these players quite a bit of money. A lot of money. Blood money? Sure, maybe. A lot of it. The former number one golfer in the world, Dustin Johnson, I, made around $74 million in PGA. Right-wingers
1: love to saber-rattle about
20: China. After turning pro Saudi
1: Arabia is the one Live that worries me more. Far more.
20: $125 million just for a four-year contract. Phil Mickelson was reportedly offered million to take the jump to live. That's more than double what he had made in total throughout his entire 30-year career. Now, of Mm. course, this new golf organization threatening the fame and popularity of the PGA Tour can't afford to offer this cash. And they have a PR incentive because, of course, Saudi Arabia has a horrifying human rights record, including severe medieval restrictions on girls and women, repression of the LGBTQ community, a country whose elites had ties to al-Qaeda, the terrorist organization responsible for 9-11.
1: Who's okay, I'm going to let you in a little secret, tadpole. The
20: CIA, ordered the killing I like golf. Of Washington Post journalist and U.S. resident Jamal Khashoggi in 2018. Not only do so, I know how to
1: play golf, to I play like about PGA games on, about Saudi on PlayStation.
20: Last year, Live Golf held at least seven events, two of them at Trump Properties, one at Trump National Golf Club in Bedminster, New Jersey, the team championship was at the Trump National Doral in Florida. Right,
1: Donald Trump himself was and kick seen and with golf.
20: Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Green at the Live Tournament at his Bedminster Hotel. Around that same time, Trump on his Truth Social website urged golfers to, quote, take the money from the Saudis and not stay loyal to the PGA. As this was happening.
1: The PGA started... I think the name is cool. It's sad that such a horrid person is associated with it.
20: That's
1: a cool fucking
20: name. 11 golfers from Liv sued the PGA, challenging those restrictions. Liv then joined onto that lawsuit, arguing antitrust violations, asserting that the PGA had essentially a monopoly on golf. I didn't know all this. They do have a monopoly on golf. Thing that Liv had, quote tortuously interfered with its contracts with golfers. The trial to hash all this out is set for January of next year, 2024. But that gets us to where we are now. Investors with tab are arguing to the judge that they should not have to cooperate with the rules of discovery. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and its Public Investment Fund, or PIF, they're if. claiming they should not have to play a role in this at all, that they're not directly involved in Liv's day-to-day operations. But the PGA says... That claim is false. PGA is saying the Saudis want to use the American justice system to fight the PGA without abiding by the American justice system rules of discovery. We should note another recent development dealing with the PR firm that the PGA hired to deal with this, a firm it's called Clout. Clout also represents a group of 9-11 families. And now live, the Saudis are trying to force Clout through a subpoena to turn over information about its relationship to those 9-11 family organizations that's right the saudis suing a pr firm that represents 9-11 families believe it or not live trying to determine whether the pga is using connections to the 9-11 families to protest live they say which those families did at several tournaments last year including at trump's bedminster hotel those same families Have for years, of course, been suing Saudi Arabia. This is wild. I knew nothing about any of this. The kingdom has hidden from the public. That's a charge the Saudis, of course, deny. Joining us now to talk about it all, CNN contributor, sportscaster Bob Costas. Oh, yeah, Bob Costas. Costas, He's cool as fuck. Example of what you and I have talked about sports watching the Saudi government trying to gain acceptance throughout the world using its flashy new golf organization while continuing to commit these horrifying human rights abuses.
2: True, and all the details that you just laid out, accurate as they are, are so dizzying they almost made my earpiece pop out, so I apologize for the spaghetti strand hanging over my shoulder. I can't quite figure that out. Yeah, the whole idea of sports washing is one we've talked about, and we should stipulate. Many U.S. companies, including some who are sponsors of the PGA, have business relationships with Saudi Arabia, and the United States and sports leagues in the United States are deeply invested in China. But that doesn't change the fact that these individual golfers had a choice to make. It wasn't as if they'd be on a bread line if they stayed with the PGA. They had a choice to make. What they did is not by any means illegal in accepting the money, but to many people it's unseemly given all the background which you just laid out. And while it's on the USOC for putting two Olympics in Beijing, another in Sochi, and it's on FIFA for putting a World Cup in Qatar, those athletes, if they're Olympians or soccer players, have no choice. Which
1: most you know, certainly was responsible for 9 11. Had a choice.
2: Former President Trump has hosted
20: two live events at his own mm-hmm. properties, subjecting him to a lot of criticism from 9
2: 11 families. What do you make of it? Well, first of all, uh, we'll see what happens in the future. And if live golf develops some kind of following, Golf fans don't really seem to care about the outcomes of the events, but they've only had seven or eight. But in the first year, it's also a MAGA tour as well as a live golf tour, including the former president with his usual sensitivity and grace, thumbing his nose at the 9-11 families. Some 700 of those who perished on 9-11-2001 were from New Jersey, some of them in the immediate Bedminster area. And we'll see what turns up in court as uh, the live interests are are alleging that uh, clout has some relationship with the 9-11 families, also representing the PGA. But the idea that the 9-11 families need a nudge from the PGA tour to protest what happened, to protest President Trump holding uh, an event at his course, and to push for years and years for the Saudi Arabians to acknowledge some sort of responsibility uh, for 9-11, all of that predates any of this live PGA uh, kerfuffle. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. We'll see what comes out in court, but you would expect a former president, all but one, any former president, to be more sensitive uh, to the meaning, both to the country and to the individual families, of holding an event in the shadow, in effect, of the World Trade Center and then saying, former president of the United States saying, you know, we never really got to the bottom of what happened on 9-11. We really should look into that. You know, yeah. we, we he, of did, course, a well-informed man. Yeah, he, he could have done something
20: yeah. about that. I, something, someone else, by the way, who doesn't need the yeah. money, Donald Trump. How do you see this legal fight being resolved?
2: I didn't catch the last thing you said, Jed.
1: Jet fuel doesn't melt, Steve, still beams.
2: I, I don't have the expertise to say. Uh, the All oh, I got have, to say about that. Uh, a boundless <laughs> amount of. I'm
1: money, not a 911 truther. Continue to attract Don't, big stars. I did, that so that was, just, I date, was joking.
20: joking. And you and I are going to stay on top of this and keep talking about it and keep talking about it. Bob Costas, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, my piss after I've drank uh, Mountain Dew, Game Fuel. Milk. Okay, uh, if you are not subbed, you're going to get some commercial break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to do the Daily Wire thing. They responded to Steven Crowder. We watched it Tuesday night. Steven Crowder bitched about the contract he was offered. Apparently it was $50 million for four years at the Daily Wire. So he did a whole 30-minute expose on on Big Con Media. The the Daily Wire's Jeremy Boring has put out an hour-long video in response to Steven Crowder. And I can't help myself. This is a guilty pleasure on my part. I've got to watch it. I was very excited about it. I almost watched it earlier, and I'm like, no, 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 I gotta save this for the stream. So, I promise we won't start until you come back from the break, but we'll see you then. All right, we're gonna dig around for three minutes. We're gonna do the Daily Wire thing. 50 million dollars. I think now that I've, I've come to the conclusion how right-wingers think, the whole you just scam your way, if you have no ethics and capitalism is great, like, now that I've, I've done that, maybe I can, uh, Uncle Ted, what is, um, uh, Uncle Ted, PhD, I don't want to, I don't want to leave off your title, if you are a doctor, I, uh, I definitely want to give you your props, Now that I've gotten into the mind of a right winger, maybe I can go and cash out and get that 50 million. Even Crowder got offered $50 million. That's absurd. And I did, I've still yet to hear from Steven Crowder. I most certainly emailed Steven Crowder Wednesday at 5 a.m., a leftist uh, who wants to join you, watched your clip tonight on stream, and I would love to join your cause. I'm currently on my second strike on YouTube for absurd reasons. I also had me banned through the election, which hurt my channel growth when I was on a roll. I was on a roll over uh, doing all the debates and shit. So I, I even, I even clipped a short segment of the like. Is it a thirty-minute-long bit he did? I guess you could call it a bit. Yeah, yeah, Uncle Uncle Ted. I that's exactly right. Uh, I can't. Like I, I never even thought about it that way. Oh, I was like, I told him I'd be interested coming to work with him, not just on air, but you know, production tech, director, producer. I've got a mastery of Photoshop, Illustrator, After Effects, media composer. Come on, dude. Pro tools. I left off shit I can do. So yeah, yeah. Still have not heard back from Stephen Crowder though. I I'll I'll be in on his cause. I want to see if he actually believes in free speech and he'll he'll run a company like I think he is learning the meaning of a worker cooperative maybe if you don't tell him it's socialism and you just explain it, it's a worker cooperative that's what you're trying to do it's a really good idea and then, then, once we're a couple of years into it, like, hey, Steven, you know, you've been doing a socialism? I think it's a good plan. I can infiltrate All right winger. But here's the thing I am pretty certain that that video where Steven is like, I want to join together on creators and make it an independent network. I'm pretty sure that video is either him priming to do a Andrew Tate type thing if he doesn't get what he wants out of his contract, or he's angling, you know, just to get more money out of the Daily Wire. But Jeremy Boring did a hour-long video, so I don't know, did he fuck himself out of the Daily Wire? I don't know how this is going to go sudden apollo good evening sassy welcome back we're getting ready to watch the daily wires jeremy boring and his response to steven crowder bitching about his contract his 50 million dollar contract over four years
4: 50 million dollars but first i want to play you temple before the show we were getting into it and i was like we got to save it for the show let me tell you something we make a lot of money uh, at, at TimCast.com. I've never talked about our, mem- our membership numbers <laughs> yes. or at revenue, like th- things like that, because I don't know. It's a private business. We're not a nonprofit, sure. you know, uh, and I don't I don't I think pe- a lot of people don't understand how, how expensive things can be and money um, when it comes to, you know, doing things like this. But we do make a lot. And Dude, I'll, I'll put I it this love
1: way. that you rake, by the way.
4: We do. We do. Uh, I, I, I think we do around uh, eight figures per year. That's beautiful. So this is, and it's almost exclusively just me personally. So we have employees who help run TimCast IRL. This Where's
1: the Bugatti? the I have
4: a Model S. <laughs> the Bugatti's right here, baby. <laughs> we've we've flown private uh, several times. Before before the show, we were getting into it, and I was like, "We got to save it for the show." Let me tell you something. We make a lot of money
2: uh, at.
1: Well, I'm sure that was uh, in relation to the whole Steven Crowder saga. If you if you didn't get to watch Breakdown of Steven Crowder, he basically bitched about the fact that he thought his contract was unfair because they wanted to control his social media, his brand. The Louder, I'm sure they wanted to sign over the rights to Louder with Crowder. They wanted to control his social media channels and retain the, the rights to them. And if he got banned on any social media and didn't deliver the content that was outlined in his contract, then they would dock his pay. And it even, it even seemed like the company was willing to go to bat for him. Like if we haven't resolved it for you in 90 days, we're gonna dock you 20% or whatever, which is perfectly reasonable. If the company is not making money off of you, how are they going to recoup their investment? Which is $50 million, apparently. They offered him $50 million for four years. And Jeremy Boring made an hour-long video uh, in response to Steven Crowder probably angling for a better contract that's probably what we saw it seemed like he was having a come to jesus moment with the ills of capitalism but instead he's probably just angling for another five million sixty million over four years this is what jeremy boring the ceo of the daily wire had to say in response i'm just assuming it has to be them right he wouldn't make a 52 minute and 20 second video about Steven Crowder's contract. If it wasn't him offering that contract,
11: our friend Steven Crowder has launched a new initiative called Stop Big Con. And in the video announcing the launch of the project, he talked about leaving the blaze and all the different offers that he filled it from other conservative organizations and what he thought were the real problems with those offers. And that's led a lot of people to speculate about whether or not the daily wire is one of the people particularly high offer, particular, the, the ones who made the offer uh, that he put up on the screen and talked about um at length and the answer is yes that offer did come from the daily wire uh, i'm not trying to hide that fact i'm not ashamed of that fact in fact i think it's a very good offer um, but i think there's a lot of sort of misconceptions about the nature of the offer the nature of the points i think stephen misunderstood a lot of the points and so the way we do here at the daily wire we're just gonna be incredibly transparent you know that we wow. like to have our members be basically called journey. Stephen we crowder stupid all of our company town halls for example we just find that you know sunlight sometimes is is the best disinfectant and so with that in mind i'm going to talk to you a little bit about uh, how we came to be in conversations with steven um how those conversations ended and and walk you just line by line through what the actual document that we sent over to him a non-binding uh, term sheet what it actually said and why First I do, thing you should—I do know believe is that, this is the end of their uh, relationship. I'm really miserable to be making this video. Stephen's been my friend for uh, ten years. I think he's maybe the most talented person working in the conservative uh, media space. He's—he's he's one of the top entertainers in the country, politics notwithstanding. A great uh, comic voice, and uh, I find oh it really God. tragic that we're having this kind of a conversation. Um, but it's also very important, I think, that that we talk about it, uh, in particular, because. I know a lot of people who are fans of The Daily Wire were really offended by the things that Steven said in the video, and they're concerned that maybe we're doing the wrong thing. And I think that by the time we finish this video, you'll understand what we were thinking with our uh, with our term sheet and how we operate as a business a little you bit You are better. a communications company, and I you couldn't get your point since across. Since that i met him. Uh, ben and I tried to do some, than even 50 movie minutes. deals with Steven before there was a CRTV, and before there was a Daily Wire. For that entire time, we've talked at length at various times about getting together and doing things. Of course, for most of that time, he's been under contract first at CRTV and then at The Blaze. And so we weren't able to, and you know, from time to time during the years, we would uh, get together and daydream a little bit about would there be a future for us to work together at the other end of that deal. We got word that Stephen uh, was finishing up his time at The Blaze and was interested in having a conversation with us. And so we reached out to his agent and we said, listen, we'd, we'd love to have a conversation. It's not every day that, a monster talent like Stephen comes on the market; uh, it'd be monster talent. A businessman. If we didn't engage in a conversation with him, we weren't sure at that time if there was a deal to be had. I mean, for one thing, we're friends with uh, Glenn. We're friends with Tyler. We're friends with all the guys at the Blaze. We didn't. We weren't sure that we wanted to commit to making an offer to Stephen. And you know, Steven's an expensive talent. I mean, he's been in the business a long time. He has an enormous fan base, and we knew that it would take a lot of doing to get him over to the Daily Wire. This at the same time that we're investing very heavily in kids and good evening. Uh, making, you know, real television content, streaming uh, scripted fiction like The Pendragon Cycle and Atlas Shrugged and other projects that we've taken on. Would we have the resources? We weren't sure. But again, you have to have the conversation and we're happy to have it. So we reach out to the agent and we say that. We'd, say, you know, we'd like to have a conversation with Steven, kind of get into the details of you know what's he looking for? What's he looking for financially? What's he looking ter- for in terms of structure? Uh, what would make his life better? What would make him happy? You know, he's, he's got this opportunity now to have a next chapter. What's he want that next chapter to be? Uh, and Stephen's agent, candidly, just wasn't interested in any aspect of that conversation. He only wanted to know Ooh. about the money. He said, you know, we're not gonna have a conversation. We're not gonna have some abstract talk. We're going Send us an offer. Tell us how much money you're willing to pay. And he gave us an indication of what the minimum number would have to be in order to even have a discussion with Stephen. And it's a big number. So we talked about it internally and, and we decided, yeah, we should do that. We should send over uh, an, an opening offer, a, a non-binding term sheet that takes a stab at what we think that, that minimum number is going to be to get the conversation started so that we can sit down with Stephen so that we can see if uh, if there's a deal that'd be good for him and good for us. And, and that's what we did. We we put together the term sheet, we sent it over, uh, and we asked if we could get on the phone and have a conversation with Stephen. I'm going to walk you through that document, what it says, what it doesn't say, some of how Stephen represented it. I'm sure he feels like he was being accurate, but some of the things that he said are simply not true uh, based on the text. And, and, you know, Stephen's a very passionate guy. I think that he's uh, doing his level best to stand against what he sees as an injustice, but uh, there is no injustice in this document, as I think you'll see. And then I'll tell you what happened right after we sent the document when I finally did get on the phone uh, with Stephen. That's
1: what I want to hear. So
11: first, here's the document, the non-binding confidential term sheet I'm just going to walk you through it, full transparency. This non-binding term sheet sets forth the basic deal points of a proposed content production and distribution agreement between the Daily Wire LLC, the Texas Limited Liability Company, and Steven Crowder via his loan out, uh, so that if and when the parties elect to move forward with a long-form agreement, they can move quickly in preparing a definitive and binding agreement. That's just legalese that means uh, this is just a conversation starter and we're obviously going to have a negotiation uh, if we move forward and a lot of these points are gonna get beat up. And for those of you who've never been through a contract- and I
1: said that when we were watching you know, it, like you can
11: negotiate you send that offer, out, Stephen. Uh, everything that you're willing to say yes to because there is going to be a negotiation because agents and lawyers are going to get involved because you can't read their mind and you don't know everything that will be important to them and everything that they'll want. You don't know even, you know, some of their sort of non-negotiable uh, points. And so you send over a, a loose offer and then, they're gonna beat it up a little bit. They're gonna say, well, this should be higher and this should be lower. And you're gonna come back and say, no, we're gonna stand firm here, but we're willing to compromise there. And over time, you either get to a deal or you don't get to a deal. But that that's how a good faith negotiation yeah. always works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% of every uh, interaction I've ever had with any talent, that's the process. Uh, and so here we go. Here was our offer. A four-year initial term with two-year renewal at DW's sole discretion. That just means Stephen's gonna work for DW for four years. uh, And if it's going really well, DW can retain him for an additional two years. Two, uh, the fee. Remember, this is the the minimum number uh, that we thought would get the conversation started with Steven. $50 million for the initial term, plus $25 million for the renewal term, if extended paid in monthly installments. Like I say, pretty big number, uh, but we thought for a talent like Steven, this is probably the, the minimum number that's gonna get Get us in the door so that we can sit down and talk to him. Three, production costs. Uh, This is important. We've we've never made a deal quite like the offer that we put in front of Stephen because Stephen, very independent guy. I mean, uh, all of our talent have very independent voices. Obviously, we can't tell them what to say. You know, Candace says what she wants, and Jordan Peterson says what he wants, Ben, Michael. uh, But Stephen has always built in this protection for himself that that he wants to actually produce his content. He doesn't want... You know, most of most of our guys they come to the studio and we turn on the cameras we point the cameras we point the lights Steven likes to do that with his own team uh, to just make doubly sure that no one's interfering with his content not that we would and uh, so his we enter that
1: we right
11: bear the burden of production including all costs associated therewith on all the content contemplated herein except on the quarterly and annual content contemplated below we'll we'll get to that part uh, a little bit later it's kind of a novel concept uh the quality of the production will be as good as or better than his currently existing content. This just again Steven's gonna produce his own content. It has to be as good as the stuff uh, that Steven's audience has come to expect from him um, and that'll come out of the fifty million so it's not like it's not like all of that fifty million goes right in Steven's pocket. he's gonna use some of it uh, to pay for
1: you know,
11: producers and and studio space and camera. Uh, equipment and operators and lights, have to uh, just now. like we're going to use some of you know, the money that we make to pay for the infrastructure and the technology and the uh, marketing and the legal and all the other parts that go into making a successful business. Revenue collection that says we'll have the exclusive right to realize revenue in connection with all of his content and brand. We're paying you this guaranteed significant amount of money, $50 million. Uh, and perfect for that, sense. one of the things we're buying is the content, but we're also buying the right to monetize the content so that yes. we can... Have a chance of making some money and not just spending money. What is the content? First, we broke this into daily, monthly, quarterly, and annual content. The daily content is going to be very obvious to you. He'll deliver a one and a half hour Louder with Crowder audio video show of a quality and kind consistent with the shows that he's currently producing, four days a week. That's 192 original episodes a year if you factor in four weeks uh, of vacation. Uh, including all ad reads and promotions as requested by us. So he's going to continue to produce his show, his his Louder with Crowder show, four days a week, 192 times a year. Uh, and that'll include us being able to put ads in it and promotions in it. They'll be filmed in studio daily, Monday through Thursday. At least one hour of them will be outside the paywall. That's much how Steven already operates. That's the part that goes out on podcasting. It's the part that goes out on YouTube. It's the part that goes out on Rumble. And at least thirty minutes inside the D- the DW Plus paywall. So, in the same way that right now he has his piss off YouTube segment uh, that has historically been at uh, blaze, well, he would still do that same kind of concept. Thirty minutes of the show would now be behind our paywall. Uh, Crowder can bank or pre-record a limited number of episodes upon our approval and reasonable discretion. Um, days without new original episodes will be scheduled in advance, subject to our reasonable approval. What's this about? Well, like I like Crowder, you know. In addition to his four weeks a vacation. There's just also going to be times where he, for whatever reason, maybe he's got a speech, maybe he's got a stand-up comedy gig somewhere around the country. If he were to come to us and say, hey, I can't really shoot a show on Thursday because I'm going to be doing the stand-up gig, that's fine. Let's shoot two episodes on Tuesday and we'll roll one of them out on Thursday. It's just giving us all the, the yeah. maximum flexibility to still make the episodes, but for totally Steve to be able to live the other important parts of his life. 192 episodes, uh, obviously, there are 260 work days in a year. Most Americans work 260 days a year minus 10. That's two weeks of vacation. So they work about 250 work days a year. And we're telling Stephen, you've got to produce 192. So already, even to say four weeks of vacation, um, you know that that is probably above average. But it doesn't really capture the reality of this, which is there are going to be, you know, 60 days basically of the year where uh, Fridays we call them where Stephen. Basically, doesn't have to produce uh, a show, and you may say, "Well, that's still a lot." I know Stephen says that's more than even you know network TV would uh, would ask for. Yeah, these are points that can be negotiated. I still think most people feel like you know, if you're only working four days a week uh, and you get four weeks off every year, and you can pre schedule even additional time to be traveling by banking episodes, you would at least say you may think well, he needed to negotiate that and get it down to 170 or something. Sure, I thought he would. But it's certainly not un. Oh, this is great. I'm loving this. It's making fifty million dollars over the next. As I said, this years is indulgent of on my part. This is no days a year. News substance to whatsoever. Uh, what is monthly content? Well, you know, at Daily Wire, our members uh, are entitled to an access, Talk uh, once a month with most of our talent, uh, and that's where our members get to interact with them, sort of one-on-one, ask them questions. So we're saying once they a month. in we have their to do a dirty laundry and any promotions and ad reads that would go in that. Right now, there are no ad reads in All Access, but again, you're giving yourself, it's a four, possibly six-year deal. You're giving yourself a little latitude for things to change. Quarterly content. Uh, we asked that Stephen would produce one major promo video and photo shoot uh, coordinated by us for his content at the company. You know, we would want him to four times a year come in. And, yeah, if anybody um, needs a recap, a very let me know. Promo, very well, that gives us marketing assets to be able to go out and, uh, and and sell subscriptions, sell money. Way less than what I do. Sell Snip. any merch that we were doing with them. Sell the the entire idea of DW Plus. Uh,
1: that schedule's easy. That schedule's easy. Most
11: live event hold, up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, and
1: most most radio people do fucking five days a week for three hours. From like you, the usual time slot would be like. Uh, nine to noon noon to three three to six the three to six is you know one of your your most coveted time slots the morning show is is one of the coveted time slots the six to nine a.m is is a coveted time slot and then the used to be back when radio was relevant back before everybody had their you know mp3s in the car and shit so like I don't I don't have any sympathy on him. You gotta do the hustle. I'm on six
11: nights a week. Annual content. This was a new concept. We said that Stephen would do one feature length entertainment special. That's like a stand up comedy special, and that Stephen would do one feature length political special, and that's like um, a documentary. Like what is a woman? You know this is something we're doing with all of our talent now. Uh, you saw it first with what is a woman with Matt. Salivate over the, 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 the opportunity to show, do the documentary Bronx, special. Amazing. Uh, documentary. Um, you saw it with Candace with Greatest Lie Ever Sold, uh, and we've got a lot more projects like that in the work with our other talent now. It's really become an important part of our business model. Here's here's the key though. He doesn't have to pay for that out of his $50 million over the next four years. We would pay an additional amount every year for that. In the case of the, of the political documentary, we'd give another $1.25 million of production costs. In the case of entertainment. Depends on how it breaks down, but we'd get between five hundred thousand and two and a half million more dollars. Uh, so you know, you're talking about just this is. I'll sign this contract. A, a, a I want to do these things in addition to the fifty over the next four years. That's exactly uh, what the, I want to do. Additional content. What is this? I don't know, but presumably over the next four to six years, we might come up with other things that either he wants to do or we want to do. So we built a, a sort of catch-all bucket. If yeah, we I don't even want to make that much money. We agree to create additional I don't care. content not currently contemplated. Uh, then we'd pay him $15,000 a day for that shoot. And again, a lot of that would be days he was already shooting, so that's just a little extra money in his pocket if we do something extra. Uh, item six, the back Catalog. Um, Crowder will license his entire back Catalog, including without limitation, every past episode of Louder with Crowder Ooh. to us during the term. Uh, that just means that all the episodes that already exist would also be behind our paywall during the term. At the end of the term, all of that content that we didn't actually pay for would revert to, to Crowder at the end of okay, the day. Okay, okay, that's fair. But we would have it in the meantime. Seven totally fair. and promo reads. DW will have the exclusive right to sell ads on the Crowder content on all platforms, channels, websites, apps, widgets, pages, and lists owned, branded, or controlled by us, and on any Crowder-owned or controlled social channels, email lists, websites, et cetera, uh, including louderwithcrowder.com. But the $50 million uh, is as, for? Uh, remuneration for that is included in the fee. So what does this mean? Well, this is just how are we going to make first that at least bare minimum $50 million, And if you count the other things we we're talking about, uh, $60 plus million plus we knew he was going to negotiate. So you're probably talking about $70, 75000000 plus infrastructure. Good point, Morgan. Uh, at least $100 million we would have ended up spending over the next four okay,
1: years. Okay, Can we hope that the only people watching old episodes of Crowder or people on Twitch that are doing it for the lulls? Is just content, reaction content, people that are doing YouTube uh, video essays about how detrimental Steven Crowder is. Let's hope those are the people watching the Steven Crowder back
11: catalog. There's hope. Oh. Well, how, how are we going to pay for all of that? Well, one way is we're going to sell ads uh, on all this content. And you know, this is how we handle all of our shows. Yeah. Uh, he has to. Item B: Crowder will read the ad copy and promos as requested by us, though he'll have certain rights to disapprove of some ad sponsors um, in various for various reasons, right? He can approve to he can disapprove of like 10 percent of the ones we bring him, he can disapprove if he owns equity in a direct competitor of one of the advertisers that we bring him. But point D, if he doesn't read the requested ads within that framework, then the content that he made won't be counted as delivered under the contract because. It's all fine and good that he made totally it. Fair. But if we can't make any money off of it, then we're just paying him so that he can make it. I want a to be show. perfectly clear. I'm so on Daily Wire's side now. I do participate in any of the success of that show. Eight, ownership. <laughs> I was this on, on Steven Crowder's side. Wire, now I'm on the of Daily Wire's side. Created herein and will own all of the DW created channels and brands created by us during the term but if you weren't here and for that years, i would i would totally point channels, out all these things were, were totally service. fair about the contract steve crowder well, means, was stupid for just itching. like all the back catalog that crowder would would have been bringing over we would have a license to have that all over at daily wire plus during the four to six years that crowder was here but at the end of that four to six years he would take all that content with him a little bit different with the content that we're paying. You know, I can't believe it was fifty million. For, I thought he was uh, going to get offered of, two or three million a year. Stay with us. So I, I had no, no clue right it was this level of money. Monetize that content even after Crowder would leave, and you know, if if uh, Matt Walsh were to leave the Daily Wire, presumably at some date in the future, well, what does a woman would stay here? It was we paid for that? We paid for the marketing of it, the production of it. You know, we paid him yes, for the time in that which it he created it. And So this contemplates something very similar. We would still have the right to the things that we make. As far as channels and brands, I'll get to that in just a minute because it's addressed more deeply as we go. Adaptation rights. all this says is that anything that Crowder says on any of this content, we can adapt it down into written content and put it up at uh, dailywire.com. So, you know, we already do a lot of this. You transcribe something that Ben says, you transcribe something that Michael Knowles says and we can put that out as an article. They don't actually have to do the work of writing, rewriting their thoughts. I, is this yeah, what happens know, when CW you w let your rights. dad make your business so, decisions? We will maintain the exclusive right to create and sell Crowder and Crowder content branded merchandise. And the remuneration for that is already included in the, in the fee. So one of the ways that we can make money, put ads in a show. One of the ways that we can make money, sell uh, subscriptions around his content. One of the ways that we can make money is be responsible for his merch. Now that, that would mean that we have to pay for the creation of the merch, pay for the marketing of the merch. But we would own the upside.
1: What do
8: email I say if Steven Crowder yeah, messaged me back right now? To manage,
11: grow, monetize all Crowder email lists during the term. Be back on his side. An enormous team here at the Daily Wire, and some of them full-time think about email. So that's a burden that we would take off of Steven having to manage his own email list, just like we'd manage uh, and pay the expenses on the merch. But we'll we'll get the upside of that. Remember, we're, we're trying to fill that $50, 60 $70, $100 million hole and, and to make profit. The no profit email from the Steven back Crowder. So pay for all the infrastructure, all the technology, uh, and all the other ways that we're we're fighting the fight. Social media management, this one was very something that Stephen seemed particularly aggravated by in his video, although I I don't understand why. Uh, It says DW will have the exclusive right to manage, curate, and monetize his official Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Snapchat, Rumble, and other social media accounts, excluding his existing personal Twitter and Instagram accounts. So why why would we... some but not exclude others. Well, we're saying that during the term we have, of course, he puts his podcast on Apple Podcast. We're the ones monetizing the Apple podcast, so this is just making clear that yes, if yes, we're selling ads in his podcast, the podcast goes out on Apple podcast, that revenue comes back to us. Uh, we, we put something up on Facebook, uh, same thing. We bring in ad revenue off of that Facebook yes. of content. But well, we're going to own that during the term. Obviously, at the end of the term, he's going to get his official Facebook account back. He's going to get his official YouTube account back. He's going to get his official Apple podcast uh, channel back. But during the term, again, all those people behind us, we've got experts in every one of these platforms.
1: And I would assume that the content content that that was put out on the platform during that time, they they retain the the rights to that. But not
11: as Twitter and Instagram, because those are very personal channels. You can't manage someone's Twitter. I can't speak for Candace Owens. I can't speak for Ben Shapiro. If only I could, They, I would like what they say a lot more. I mean, you know, as you know about Daily Wire, we, we have a lot of disagreements sometimes between our hosts. I, presumably, if I could control everything that they say, there'd never be any disagreements. They would just all be right all the time, like I am.
1: But- No, I, I think you pulled a, a very unsavvy a business move and I think it, I think we're seeing it
11: backfire. Right yeah, we get this a lot where people are like- Geek Yo, good evening. Sort of Twitter has changed since he joined Daily Wire Plus. It's if anyone needs a, a summary of where we're at. Twitter account let me know. I don't have. Login credentials for his Twitter account. I've never asked him to tweet anything or not tweet anything. That'd be way outside of the bounds of what's acceptable, uh, because that's a very per- the very personal medium. Twitter, very personal medium. Uh, Instagram. It also says that we will have the per- per- perpetual and exclusive right to create, own, manage, curate, and monetize any and all social media accounts. I don't know uh, if this was the right move on Daily Wire's part. Based on Crowder's content or shows. What is, what's that about? Well, Crowder already has enormous social channels. He got like six million YouTube followers or something. He's one of the biggest voices uh, in the movement. But what happens if we create a documentary like What is a Woman? Well, sure, you've got you know, Matt's Facebook and Matt's uh, YouTube that are promoting What is a Woman. But we may also want to build a Twitter account you know, that is at what is a woman or uh, a YouTube account that's just for clips from what is a woman. Well, that doesn't, that wouldn't belong to Matt, that would belong to us because what is a woman belongs to us. And that's what this was meant uh, to say, that all of the stuff that Crowder brings over, that's his, Louder with Crowder and all, you know, his Ladder with Crowder accounts, all of that. Well, that's his. We're going to manage it for him during the term. We're going to monetize it during the term, at the end of the term, all of that's going to go back to him. He said that was not what it says. In, in his video uh, that he released, but you can read right here, that's exactly, he gets all of, it's only during the term that we control that, but this the is things that we so make based fair. on the content that we make, well, that belongs to us because the content belongs to us. So those channels have to belong to us. Those would never match anything like the magnitude of the of the channels he's created for himself. Is
1: obviously. is the ecosystem uh, of idiot-ass right-wingers million. Built for money. Is it so small that they they have to make sure they don't Uh, piss off the the Crowder
11: fans? Go work for the competition. Uh, But there's carve-outs. Of course, he can go do non-regular guest appearances if Tucker wants to have him This is what
1: they thought the best course of action was, to try to placate them and also make Crowder look bad.
11: He can go do do that. He should use good-faith efforts to coordinate them with us. Uh, And this is important see. He won't have the right to run any personal subscription or donation effort. He can't have a Patreon or a Locals or any sort of paid fan club while mug club is part of DW plus, right? We're, we're the ones who are going to own subscription revenue during the term. So I think all this is very fair and very obvious. I believe what they call in legal jargon, uh, boiler plate. Com- you know, compete with, have them work for your this competitor and you wouldn't pay to have them compete directly against you. Now here's this section that I know Stephen was very offended by. Um, and I think he, Ooh. I think he misunderstood and therefore misrepresented fee reductions. There's a different fee reduction for all those kinds of contents we created. Daily content. If he fails for any reason to deliver 192 episodes of the daily show, or if he fails to include the ads that we agreed to or the promotions that we agreed to in those episodes, then we'll give a $100,000 reduction uh, every time. Well, what's that about? Well, again, you can't pay someone any amount of money, but you certainly can't pay them an Unimaginably huge amount of money for their show, yes, and then not get the show. So what this is saying is, you you don't have to produce a show every day. You don't have to produce 260 or 250 or 240 or 230 or 220 or 210 episodes a year. You got to have been episodes a year. You can film some of them in advance. You can stack them up. All of that's content. I'll make 300 advance. days of content uh, you can shoot for you on a Friday so that you can take two days off next week. Three to five hours a day. episodes. We we can't pay you the same amount of money as if you did give us. 192 episodes. So this is just yeah, you give us 192, me 50 million dollars. Uh, minus 1, then out of your 50 million, we're hitting minus 100,000. Stephen said that this is unfair that he that if he had a sick day or gotten a car wreck, we'd dock him $100,000, but uh, I think that's just totally ina- inaccurate for two reasons. One, uh, presumably if he was sick this Tuesday, he could just shoot an episode next Friday and you'd be completely even. He's got an awful lot of extra time in the year to shoot these additional uh, to shoot any episodes to make up. And second of all, it's actually contemplated a little bit later uh, what happens if there's a disability. In fact, we'll just skip right to it. It's it's item E. In the event of temporary disability or serious illness that prevents Crowder from performing, the fee will be reduced on a pro rata basis, not subject to the fee reduction mentioned above. What does that mean? Well, instead of a sort of punitive fee because he's choosing not to do the right thing, in that situation, you'll just reduce it by dividing the total amount of money contemplated you know, by the number of episodes just subtract that, which I think is, again, incredibly fair. If, if you're being paid a yes. dollar for every box you deliver, you deliver 10 boxes, you get $10. If you deliver nine boxes, you get $9. That's a different concept than if you, if you just choose not to deliver it, in which case we're going to subtract a little bit extra. And again, you pay somebody $50 million, you should get the work. Yep,
1: that's what it feels like
11: watching this and video. Stapling content. your finger well, on accident. Some content. people There's are into it, So the fee is higher, $250,000 if he misses that kind of content. Annual content. Well, this is the most important, most expensive content. If you were supposed to have done a complete documentary this year and you didn't deliver it, well, we're going to subtract a million dollars because that's one of the most important uh, high value pieces of content that we asked you to make that year. And then deed just says reset. The fee reduces each calendar. I want that
1: contract. Uh, easier, I'll do it so. for a couple mil. Uh, you know,
11: every year. And I'll produce
1: 250, 270 episodes a year. Uh,
11: that brings us to 13. Reduction of fee from lost revenue or boycotts. Again, this is one of the points that Stephen... Really I'll sign over the Troll is is Patrol. The for Big Tech. the Not Freak Show. Bidding, that we're punishing I'll produce content new content for uh, you. If they run afoul of Big Tech. I can tech. do it. And first of all, that's just personally incredibly offensive. It's incredibly offensive to have your friend, an ally uh in in ten years of fighting this fight uh alongside one another coming up together uh, say, that say, walk away, motherfuckers. say that you're you're 50 million the dollars. that were worse than the left that were that were um, doing harm to the to the conservative audience and harm to the country uh that were not sufficiently at odds with big tech, you know Obviously, that's ridiculous. You'll see that it's ridiculous as we go through this and I explain it. Uh, it should be... Should we have more explaining to do. We get content strikes all the time. We get demonetized all the time. We get shadow banned all the time, just like all conservatives do. Uh, yeah, like all leftists do. I do as well, of my friend. Of dollars every year into technology to try to create alternatives. That's a long-term project. No one has built anything. Rumble is not a true competitor to YouTube yet. I hope that they become one. But right now, YouTube has many billions of people use YouTube, uh, and many millions of people use Rumble. It's a long-term investment to build these alternatives. And Daily Wire Plus is an alternative platform. On the Rumble, but right now we all still are on getting shoot. our message out uh, to have access to big tech and to to monetize put my our content everywhere content. to big tech. That's where the audience is, and it's where the money is. It's also where Steven Crowder has made his entire name. He's the biggest conservative YouTube star of all time you know he he put out his video criticizing us in this contract as not being sufficiently uh, conservative the the number one place people will view it is on YouTube uh, and that's not wrong that's where people are that's of course they're gonna watch it on YouTube of course he's going to put it out on YouTube that's where the audience is now Stephen might respond by saying yes but I don't make any money off of YouTube I have been D, de- Monetized there, uh, and that's a point that we'll talk about here. Uh, nevertheless, obviously, you and I and everyone, when we go to YouTube to watch Stephen Crowder, Stephen Crowder may be demonetized and he may not make any money. He's still reading. YouTube ads. though still makes money off of us, and so yeah. in that way, Stephen is still driving. He's still driving success for YouTube. It's unfortunate that YouTube has chosen to cut him out of participating in that success. In fact, in fact, I think YouTube is utterly wrong. The only time I've ever talked to the CEO. Of YouTube. It was to criticize her for her treatment of Stephen Crowder. I, w- I didn't even talk to her about the Daily Wire. I had nothing to say uh, at that moment about Daily Wire. But at that time, they had demonetized Stephen, uh, And I used my one audience with one of the most powerful CEOs in the world uh, to tell her that what she was doing to Stephen Crowder- They'll was have approval on an anything that'll be on Daily Wire. So what were we trying to accomplish with this section? Well, let's go through it. The reduction of fee from lost revenue. I, mean, I get fucking demonetized. I'm serving a ban right now. A ad drop. If Crowder is boycotted or dropped by more than fifty percent of his then extant advertising partners, that is, if fifty percent of the money that he's making from advertisers is suddenly gone, and we're not able to replace that revenue within ninety days, They're his fee will be reduced the, by twenty five percent time, on his time shit. as the ad revenue has been restored for a period of ninety days. And then it would all reset. Stephen says, all the left does is boycott our advertisers. So this just says to the left, uh, your boycotts work and we'll enforce it for you. We will punish the content creator for you. But this isn't about punishing the content creator. This is about if The Daily Wire is going to leverage, I can't say, I can't stress it, probably $100 million by the time you have marketing, and infrastructure costs, by the time you pay for all the legal compliance, all the technology. That it takes to Mind support Stephen's show and Stephen's show, even at the price that we offered for it, which he would have wanted much more, at least $100 million. Uh, obviously, if the show makes dramatically less money, well, then Stephen has to make less money because we're yeah. making less money. And I brought this up to Stephen uh, on the phone. And, and I said, Stephen, if they wouldn't hire me, uh, if your show, if we guarantee, I applied multiple times, $1 for your show and the show makes $1 in ad revenue and $1 in subscription revenue. Then how does it how does the money work? Well, it works that like I actually am in, like a production you get a tech. Dollar. We get a dollar. What do we do? What do you do with your dollar? Well, you produce your show and you pay yourself. What do we do with our dollar? Well, we market your show, provide all the back-end infrastructure. Uh, the job was the like for $23 50 an hour though. Plus humans who work to make all of this continue to grow. By the way, we don't pay for one single person more than we need. Uh, there's no charity jobs. We're not giving our money away. Uh, if, if anything, we're understaffed by 50%. We ask more of our employees than any other company probably in America today. We drive people incredibly hard. Work like slaves. Because our resources are limited, because we're trying to accomplish so much for our values, for our movement. Uh, so we pay for that out of our dollar. I mean, Simp, I've already had to compromise my my values. I work for several
1: rot-wingers, or have worked for several rot-wingers. the
11: ad dollar goes away, now what happens? Should it be that you said something on your show that caused that one dollar to go away, now, me, if I was CEO, I would think
1: that the $50 million, million dollars could be paid to like, so I bet there's a lot sense. of talent. Uh, obviously, you would have to lose a little and we would have to lose. That you're paying a little $23 $3 so an hour or two. A joint venture. That you and could Stephen utilize said, no, you for you a hell of a lot less money business. than what you would pay Stephen Crowder. Said,
11: well, Stephen, how, how would we have a business? Why, why would we be in business? Uh, and how would we stay in business? And Stephen, this is a very important point. Stephen, again, I think the most entertaining. Uh, talented person in the conservative movement. I think one of the most entertaining and talented people in entertainment. Come on, man. Generally in the country today, has, Come on, has man. created a very successful content generation company, a very successful on, production man. company. But Steven's never had to create the company that actually distributes markets and monetizes all of that content. Yes, that's what you know, I, need. This video about I need. I need the person the that does true that. independent conservative voices. Uh, and I find that incredibly offensive. You know, Stephen, the whole time I've known him, has worked for someone else, uh, has been paid by someone else. That doesn't mean other people tell him what to say. He's a very independent voice, and, and that's good. So is Matt Walsh. So is Candace Owens. So is Ben Shapiro. So is Michael Knowles. So is uh, Brett Cooper. Uh, but Stephen, you know, as much or more than any of them, a very independent voice. Uh, but he's not exactly a self-made man. That That's not true. He works was paid by PJTV when I met him which was owned you by a billionaire. Didn't build at the time. That. Then he was paid by CRTV for a number of years which was owned by a billionaire uh, at the time. Then he was paid by The Blaze which was subsidized by a billionaire uh, until Tyler Carden, one of the real genius businessmen in our movement, turned the company around and, and made it profitable. Uh, during all of that time, Steven drove a ton of revenue. He was he's incredibly valuable. I'm not suggesting that he wasn't driving value he was
1: i don't think he's I'm 50 million dollars valuable
11: he didn't have to build all of that he didn't have to think about it and he didn't necessarily have to be profitable and he doesn't know for a fact that he was profitable because as he has said very publicly i mean if steven emails me back i'm on all his all side again About what was happening with him so steven feels very certain that his show was always profitable but he doesn't know that it's... I'll go work for Steven Crowder. Even I'll go work for was. The Daily Wire. What became I, of that Whoever profit, wants to pay me. Most of that profit. I get paid. Almost certainly was reinvested into growing the infrastructure and growing the he technology. Keeps growing the he keeps saying that. He keeps saying how much compliance. he loves Steven Crowder. That's how business works. And if yes. you're going, if you're The Daily Wire, we're a very successful company um, by conservative media standards. And we're a tiny fraction of the smallest Murder com. legacy media company. If we're going to make evening. one of the Thank you for being biggest a freaking investments follower. we've ever made in talent, which is what we were offering yet. Crowder here, an amount of money that puts all of our investments at risk. Wait, I mean, wait, wait, work, wait, wait. Did he just say Frank Crowder? One of the real genius businessmen in our movement turned the company around and, and made it profitable. Uh, during all of that time, Stephen drove a ton of revenue. He was He's incredibly valuable. I'm not suggesting that he wasn't driving uh, value. He was. I'm only saying he didn't have to build all of that he didn't have to think about it and he didn't necessarily have to be profitable and he doesn't know for a fact that he was profitable because as he has said very publicly all those companies none of them really shared all the information about what was happening with them so Stephen Shelley, good feels evening. very certain that his show was always profitable but he doesn't know that his show was profitable and even if it was what became of that profit most of that profit almost certainly was reinvested into growing the infrastructure and growing the technology and growing the marketing and growing the compliance. That's how business works. And if if you're The Daily Wire, we're a very successful company um, by conservative media standards and we're a tiny fraction of the smallest uh, legacy media company. If we're going to make one of the biggest investments we've ever made in talent, which is what we were offering Crowder here. An amount of money that puts all of our investments at risk. I mean, if it doesn't work, you're not going to be able to make that kid's entertainment content. You're not going to be able to make that uh, those movies and TV shows. You're not going to be able to continue uh, to do things like sue the federal government to stop the VAX mandate. I don't think
1: do it would have worked. Like
11: deploy investigative journalists. I don't uh, think he was Virginia worth $50 million. Where they uncover the Loudoun story that changes the course of a gubernatorial election. All of that takes resources. When you leverage 50 60 a $70, $100 million, uh, you're taking an enormous risk. You're putting all of that at risk. You don't do it cavalierly. You do it because you believe, and I do, that Stephen is worth it, that he's incredibly valuable. But it is still a huge...
1: Now, Producer Dave would say there's nobody to root for here. I Last night, Stephen Crowder won me over, and I was on his side. Now we, we, we've heard Jeremy Boring's explanation. I'm on his side. Even Crowder emails me back. I'm on his side, but if if the Daily Wire wants to hire me, I'm on I'm on your side, Jeremy. Dude, like
11: you can sway me here, guys. risk. There's also a time factor. He might drive all that revenue, but what if it takes a year or even 18 months to bring over those Mug Club subscribers to get those advertisers spending? Right. Well, you're losing eight figures a year in the interim while you're or seven figures a year in the interim while you're doing that so you can't just say we're going to pay you 50 million dollars even if the show doesn't bring in any money I,
1: he needs that's an editor punishment. he needed somebody to cut First down of all, his 25
11: script. 50 million minus 25 percent is not punishment by the standards of any human being there should have been a
1: 20 today, minute
11: right? video that's punishment that's just reality he would still be being paid millions and millions of dollars and we would be actively working with all those people that we're paying out of our cut to go find new advertisers. Then again, I've it, sat here and watched the which old things. And he'd be making so. his money again. Same with the content strike. If any major platform, YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify issues a content strike such that Crowder's content cannot be monetized on the platform, then again, there's this 90 day concept. And again, there's this 25%. Production. Now, Steven, when I spoke to him, he's very excited. Well, like, he demonetized on YouTube. Like, that's the kind of thing you, could have cut this you up. scratch through that with your red pen. And you say, Steven's already been demonetized. You did not have YouTube, to do so anything you differently. You just edit it 25. down. You have to already have anticipated that. And that would have been fine. That's just, a, that's just a very common. But if he were making a significant portion of his revenue on YouTube... And he lost that. Murder
1: come, you come to the right place
11: then. It's not punishing him to say you will make I
1: don't less. Don't do the Twitch We're drama. I'm going to make less. Don't trying to tear anybody down. We took
11: all the hit. Continue we'll to we'll make fun of ourselves money, and we'll make fun of everybody else as well. And then we lose the business as a result. And now no one pays Stephen anything. And no one. I'm just, one I'm just here to find out to what to that news be doing. From scratch in crisis. ban. The and then we're doing, the, the, we're doing release, the Stephen Crowder the
1: Daily Wire drama just because, because like, being I'm a
11: broadcaster platforms. and it's inside and we'll baseball the 20, if Apple and it's, it's like a guilty pleasure 10, for me. Spotify 10. Same kind of concept. If the content simply cannot appear and therefore cannot... But I
1: did like two product hours product of news before this, so, so... I feel like I well, we gave the people same. what they want, what they came for. are making
11: 25% of your money on YouTube and now YouTube is permanently gone, you can't make that money anymore. It's not punishment. This is really what it comes down to. Stephen's philosophy seems to be- They're all grifters. I deserve to be paid millions and millions and millions of dollars, whether my show drives the revenue or not. That's not a business relationship. That's, he's not looking for a business relationship. He's looking for a benefactor. The Daily Wire is not a profit we, we aren't benefactors, we're, we're a business. Uh, we, we only get to eat what we kill. And, you know, at the very beginning, we thought maybe we could do, like, a joint venture with Stephen where... What a manly say, metaphor. There's no guarantee of money, and if there's more money, he gets a cut, and if there's less money, he gets a cut. Uh, but we knew, no, Stephen, at his level, you know, his history, his, his, um, his experience, he's, he just needs a big guarantee. He's earned it. But we still have to replicate in the deal some measure of that shared responsibility, and that's all this was meant to accomplish yeah. You say, well, it's the same in the end anyway because you're still telling him if you say something YouTube doesn't like, we're taking away your money. Well, no, YouTube would be the one taking away the money. We're just saying that we can't bear the entire brunt of that. Yeah, yeah. But it's even, I think what Stephen's uh, suggesting here is kind of even more disingenuous than that because I actually kind of came up with this whole concept by watching Stephen Crowder. I mean, I mentioned it before. Stephen created this idea of Piss-off YouTube segment at Mug Club. And I saw it and thought it was genius. What does it mean? He did not create
1: the idea of a paywall for content?
11: Speak to a huge audience. In fact, most of his audience, that's where they engage with him. Subscribers are a very small percentage of Stephen's audience. Mug Club is a very small percentage of his audience. YouTube is the vast, overwhelming majority of Stephen's audience. Uh, He can go on there and he can be risque and he can can do what he wants to do, but but he can be calculated, too, and he can say, there are some things that I simply can't say here because these bastards hate free speech. For those things, come over to Mug Club and become a subscriber. And then for 30 minutes a day at the Blaze, he could say whatever he wanted. And I thought that was a genius thing, and I implemented it at Daily Wire because I was inspired by Steven, who again, very talented guy, very smart guy. This is just meant to say the same thing. Hey, I want you to be thoughtful. About I,
1: I want to reiterate that is membership. a very well-established business plan. Doesn't well mean I want you to say things that aren't
11: plan. true. Doesn't mean I want you to say things you don't believe. Doesn't mean I want you to bend the knee to big tech. What it means is I want you to preserve the revenue as best you can, preserve the audience as okay, best you,
1: you can. Fucking, you could uh, order and videotapes people, of. There's a reason Gary Springer
11: too hot for TV. Multi, multi, multi. multi they they, they had to cut platforms. out. Uh, there's a reason we have subscribers. It's so that there is a place where they can't take our voice away. They can't tell us what to say. So what should he do? He should go on YouTube. He should talk about the things that uh, he talks about, and then he should say, I "Listen." I probably to this. think of
1: examples. of three that came out that. about uh,
11: the COVID vaccine, and I want to talk about it, but these bastards at YouTube won't let me. Come over to Mug Club at Daily Wire Plus.
1: But he's, he's trying. Try- he, okay, okay,
11: he's trying to slurp way, on on Stephen's cock keep, a little bit. We keep growing his brand. So the knife more. hurts even more. We have those revenue opportunities, and Stephen is free to say the things to
1: I want to make it perfectly clear that I believe that Stephen Crowder's little video was to try to get more money out of the Daily Wire. For some reason, he thought if he took it public, he could like blackmail them into 70 million, 80 million. but it's backfired. I think I think they're turning
11: him down with a public video. He wants to see. I don't know why when he read this he couldn't see that. I don't know why when we talked about it after the fact and he was very upset with me he couldn't see it. But I find it deeply offensive that he won't give me the benefit of the doubt and even more offensive that he felt that he needed to air uh, our disagreement about this section publicly. Uh, Stephen's my friend. I, he's my ally. That's it's just a low move, and I know I'm sure he thinks he's standing on principle. The problem is, you might even think that, first of all, friendship is a principle. You not might think he, he has any principles to be more important in the public space than friendship. I don't know if that's true, but let's say that it is true. You have to be right if you're going to burn one of your friends the way that Stephen burned us. And Steven is wrong. I am not an enforcer for big tech. I am trying to maximize the reach and revenue of my hosts and my company. Because no company spends more money than The Daily Wire directly marketing its talent. We spend tens of millions of dollars every year helping our talent grow, marketing our talent with real dollars. We spend tens of millions more building technology, tens of millions more on staff and support, building expertise so that we can over time build a completely parallel system, a completely parallel economy. That is not a day's work. That is a generation's work. That is the work that we are engaged in. That's why we've had so many successes. You have been with us for so many of those successes. And I feel like Crowder really threw us under the bus and cheapened that and discredited all of it in saying that we're enforcers for the very people who hate us, the very people who shadow ban us and demonetize us and give content strikes against us all the time. They've been playing the
1: Benny Hill theme under it all the time.
11: The rest of this document, you're welcome to read it. Uh, it's just legalese, and what it says is, if we decide to move forward, this isn't the whole document. We're gonna have to have a longer document. We're gonna have to negotiate these topics, confidentiality. We're not gonna tell people about. I don't. Uh, the, I you know, don't know what the Daily Wire's in game is. This, is. So I don't know how. Uh, requirements. Although I certainly expected some political <laughs> or, a, I guess, personal and professional courtesy of him. Not.
1: How much money uh, going can you build from such a small offer
11: audience? I don't owe Stephen a job, and Stephen doesn't owe me a show. We opened up a conversation in good faith. We made an offer. He didn't like it. Now he's there burning. There's a it. ceiling, right, that, to conservative content. That brings content. me to what happened after. I sent this over. I did get on the phone. It's with It's a very oversaturated Normally, market right now. Normally, this is where right you say, "I like this. I don't like that." Red line, red line, red line, and we move closer together. Instead, Stephen said, "I'm not going to red line this. Not going to have my agent respond. This deal is garbage. You need to start completely over." I said, "Well, I'd like to talk through why we do it." And he listened for a little bit and he said, well, you're just wrong. You don't know anything about business. My business model is the right business model. Uh, And of course that's unfair because Steven hasn't run this part of a business before. Stephen likes to say, I'm only on the air because of Mug Club. But Stephen couldn't tell me how many subscribers he had. I said, how many subscribers do you have at the place? He he said, I don't know, they don't tell me. And and I'm sure that's true. He said, but I'm confident. I guarantee you it'll be 350,000 on day one with no marketing. I hope that's true. But I can't take that risk. I've never seen that to be true. I've never launched any talent with zero dollars spent on marketing and picked up a third of the total subscribers that the entire Daily Wire has built in eight years in business. I I hope Stephen's right. I hope he makes unseemly amounts of money and is able to continue being an important voice in the movement for years and years to come. But that's not a risk that I could take. Stephen implied that he not only didn't like this $12.5 million a year number that I offered him, but that he thought it should be closer to $30 million a year. That's $120 million over four years just for Stephen's show. I would still have to spend those tens of millions of dollars uh, every year that I told you about on things like marketing and infrastructure and technology to support the show, the part that Stephen's never done. As soon as he said that, I knew we'll never get to a deal. I can't, I can't guarantee $30 million a year. I didn't know how I was going to pay for 50. I thought, not that he isn't worth it, but that's a big risk. $120 million is an incalculable risk for a company uh, our size. And again, I'm not saying Stephen isn't worth it. I hope he is. I hope he builds his own business. He'll make a ton he's of mistakes. Not. He'll find out that he's wrong about a lot of how the business world works. He'll learn and he'll grow because he's a smart, talented guy. Uh, and I hope he gets to a place where he's proving me wrong and he's making all that money. But that just was not a deal with the Daily Comes Wire. Comes
1: back and signs with the Daily
11: Wire for $20 million. And we'd have to pay it even if he lost all the revenue, or even if he lost enormous chunks of the revenue. It was just an impossible situation. And so Stephen said, we're going to throw this deal out. I'm not even going to mark it up, I'm not going to negotiate it. Start over, send me a new deal. And because of his talent, and because of our friendship, I thought about it for a minute. Talked to my partners about it for a few minutes. And I just realized what I already knew in my heart, which is Stephen's not a team player. That's not a knock. He has an enormous individual talent, but he's not going to be happy unless he's out on his own. So I called him up. I said, hey, we're not going to send a follow-up offer. I want you to hear it directly from me, not from lawyers and agents. I said, but the kind of deal you're looking for is not the kind of deal that we can make. He was super gracious, uh, appreciative, kind. We agreed to continue forward as we always had as friends. We do favors for each other. I told him, if you stay at the Blaze or if you go off on your own, go to Rumble, go wherever, we're gonna continue to write stories about you and promote you and have you on. Like, you know, we we want you to be as successful as humanly possible and we wanna contribute to that. And we went our separate ways. And months went by. October goes by, November goes by, December goes by. And then a week ago in January, Stephen called me and he said, hey man, uh, I can't unsee this contract that you sent me. Said, well, it's not a contract; it's a non-binding term sheet. It's a conversation starter, but okay. And he told me his perspective on it: that we were not paying him what he's worth, uh, that we don't understand his great business mind, and that he's it's going to go exactly the way he, the way that he thinks, and we're all going to be proven wrong. Well, I hadn't thought about said, that again, perspective? That it true. might be an off. It's not a risk I can take. And then he said, I don't "And you're think just an enforcer is. for big tech. You're hurting young talent." And I said, "Well, Stephen, first of all." No two talent in our company have the same deal. Every deal is different because there's different circumstances. This is the kind of deal you make to protect a nine-figure investment. You can't pay nine figures in expenses even if the revenue dry, dries up. That That isn't possible. It's not prudent, but it also isn't possible. And he wouldn't let it go. He was very angry. and. Uh, I got really frustrated. I didn't expect him to be calling and laying into me the way he was. I'd never experienced it before. Uh, I didn't make the best defense of uh, the deal. He shopped around and nobody else wanted him. So caught off guard. I mean, I made a a decent He thought this was his last play to get a job. uh, But I was really taken aback. Uh, And then I told him, well, I'll take it under consideration, bud. Uh, And we got off the phone. Or to get
1: distribution and and not have to be independent. uh,
11: And he puts out this video laying into it. He doesn't believe in himself. He redacted parts of the document. He didn't name us by name. And I'm sure on some level that was meant as a courtesy. But all it really did was create suspicion in our audience. I know a lot of you have been out there defending us, saying, well, this couldn't have possibly been the Daily Wire. And I don't want to be the guy who, three weeks later, Steven or someone else says that it was the Daily Wire and you feel betrayed. Like, why'd these guys leave me out to dry? Uh, I appreciate your impulse to defend us but we don't need to be defended. This is a fair offer. It it's is. an offer to- It's more than dish. fair, honestly. Hating more. The fees would've been lower. Fee would've gone up. Uh, penalties would've gone lower. Number of work days probably would've shrank. He would've done a little bit less content and we would've inched our way like this, either to a deal or not to a deal. Uh, that's not how Stephen chose to operate. Uh, and now we find ourselves here where we're having this public dispute. I'm having a public- Steven, all you
1: had to do was call Jeremy in January and be like, all right, like, I like I can come down here. I'm, I'm willing to negotiate. Doesn't look like that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to throw a little hissy fit. Say, I'm worth more. No, sir, you should have took like $40 million
11: at that point. Jesus, Steven. look like dispute with my friend of the last decade, which is... Uh, one of the saddest things I've ever faced in, uh, in public and professional life. It's just- I think it's one of the thing, funniest things I've ever it. seen. I those of you who are out there defending us. I owe it to Daily Wire Plus subscribers to say, yeah, it's our, it was our offer. I'm proud of the offer. I think it was innovative. I think it was meant to make sure that we could mutually succeed. I don't need to tell you that we're committed to fighting the left. We fight the left as hard as anyone. You might say, well, you guys are wrong sometimes. Ben was wrong about this one time and you were wrong about that one time. And yeah, we, we don't claim to not make mistakes this actually isn't one of our mistakes. This is a great, respectable offer that we made to a good friend of ours and mega talent. I agree. uh, I agree with Daily Wire. Misconstrued and is being wielded against us kind of as a cudgel. Uh, And so I just wanted to be transparent with you about it. I'm proud of the deal. I'm proud of what we do at the Daily Wire. Uh, I'm proud of the fact that we publish diverse voices that don't always agree with each other. And that means that you're not always going to agree with everything. Publish me. But I can tell you with a clear face, I'll put our conservative bona fides up against anybody. I'll do it I'll for so much less. Uh, hard work, determination. I believe that and the right way is more up against anybody, and I'll put our audience and our fans and our Daily Wire Plus members up against anybody. But they rich morons. They're what do you want me to say? You want forward, me to dance like a monkey? It's unfortunate that Stephen said otherwise. So what should you do? Should you run over and cancel your Mug Club subscription? Should you go attack Steven yes. in the comments? Should you no? no none of that. In fact, if you're not a subscriber to Mug Club, you should head over to MugClubForever.com right now and subscribe. Stephen's one of the most important voices and most talented voices in the movement today. We need him to succeed. We need him to be big. We need his whatever he does next to be huge. You just need to know that this is so much shame. You need to know that we didn't betray you, we didn't betray the conservative movement.
1: But how many people made it it to this point? Keep fighting,
11: and with your help, we'll keep winning.
1: Then again, I fucking watched the whole thing, so. There was so much passive-aggressive shade throughout that entire thing. Steven Crowder makes a response video back to that. I'm gonna watch it. My God. You've earned animal video tonight, haven't you? Everybody in chat has really earned an animal video. Um, I guess I should hit the content warning because you're going to see a rescue that has gotten the chance to be a puppy later on in life. People... Seeing puppies in the, in the shelter, you just watched it. An A sweet puppy. You're already smiling. Burger patties. Dogs really like burger patties. Are they are they fans of the hamburger? I guess they're fans of like any any kind of meat, right? Dogs will eat uh, anything. What's it what, like? Do dogs have like a favorite food? They got cats too. They got was that a little poodle? Oh, look at them babies! Burger for his pants once a week? Hell yeah. Oh look at that collar. She's got the cutest collar. Oh sweet baby. Kidding. Yeah, yeah there's some trees. I wanna love my look at that smile. Living her best life now. Look at it, look at those fluffy bitches. Love them. Cuddly indeed. I love to cuddle her. And again, like every animal in this video, I'd totally cuddle animals in general I'm pretty into cuddling I'm not a, I'm not around a lot of dogs Sparkles let me babysit her Roxy and that was I, I enjoy doing that but you only let me do it a couple times you like to watch the office or love boat. Puddle on the couch. She was a pit bull. Front of the pit bull litter too. I mean, she was full grown. Dogs will just eat anything. It doesn't seem healthy though. <laughs> it doesn't seem healthy. You want dogs to live a long healthy life. Well, like she is old as fuck. Give her whatever she wants. That baby, that baby gets whatever she wants. But like you like your your Middle aged dog, because like my mom's cat died of fatty liver disease. That cat just ate food constantly. Fat cat. If you're watching on Twitch, let's go over and hang out with uh, Get a Dare. Uh, tragic news earlier, so he probably could use some hearing up. Let's... Sounds like a good. light one up tip one back it's alright to have a little fun before we hit the sack Justin Freegan. we'll see you I don't know I'll be on tomorrow night who knows what it'll be